will never find the more wretched hive of scum and villainy. Greetings! Hello, everyone. Welcome to the first episode of Scrolling Credits Podcast. Um, I am your first host, the one with the deep voice. You can discern me by my usually evil themes uh, regarding everything. Everything. everything, <laughs> everything. Uh, Darth Vapor, or more commonly referred to as uh, Ryan. And I'm the uh, slightly more feminine sounding not there's anything wrong with it but just a statement i've been told many times in my life i sound very feminine even homosexual sometimes and you would he's not actually gay nothing wrong with it i'm just saying like i'm not but i have been called that many times in my life and Um, he's surprisingly not gay right but you may call me millennial falcon or just Caleb, which I probably will respond to. Easy. You almost messed it up, didn't you? I know. I had to make sure. I saw you trying so hard to be like, Millennial Falcon, Millennial Falcon, Millennial Falcon. I got this. Uh, but this is a Star Wars-themed podcast because there aren't enough of those floating right. around But what makes this different is that we are not what you might call professional Star Wars fans, although we know just nearly everything about it. Yeah. I mean, between us, we know... Probably more than George Lucas knows about his own series. Right. He gave up after selling. <laughs> he stopped. He didn't know that there was I think he gave stuff. up right before Phantom Menace came out. No, I think Phantom Menace, he tried. After that, he was like, eh, you know. Oh, fuck it. He's going to make money either way. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so this podcast, I think, is more targeted towards maybe like the layman Star Wars fans. Just like the casual Star Wars fans. So they might not know everything about Extended Universe. About old canon, new canon, and but there's no general stuff about it. And we're going to try and help you get into Star Wars um, by sort of going through the more modern aspects. And I think we're going to do a good bit of comparing to, say, the old EU, which is now commonly referred to as Legends. Because we both know a good bit about the old Legends. I know a good bit about the new Legends, but not not nearly as much as I right. know about Right, so, you know, that's our, I think our goal is just to have fun, talk about Star Wars, and kind of get people more interest in star wars because there's not enough people who are fans of the star wars universe (laughs) you're right no we are a dying breed caleb and i were just talking about this uh pre-show uh star wars is dying i mean legitimately it's uh it's there's no more movies coming out disney has no more plans for the series i think they just kind of gave up I don't even think they're releasing episode eight. I think they're just going to come out and say it's it's. <laughs> it's going to be a DVD only release. <laughs> Straight, Straight to, to DVD. DVD. <laughs> <laughs> just like Aladdin two and three. Was Aladdin two? Yeah, yeah. Oh, Aladdin two and three. I know three was. I didn't know Aladdin two, two was. and three came straight to DVD. Three was better than two. The three was actually, I think. A was that the one with Jafar or uh, Dad? The Dad. Aladdin's yes. Dad. Two was Return of Jafar. Three was King of Thieves. I think. You're a fucking nerd. Anyway, <laughs> back to Star Wars. Back uh, to Star Wars. Yeah, so again, I'm Caleb. I'm Ryan. And this is the Scrolling Credits Podcast. Yep. So, Ryan, what is on our agenda for today? So, let's scroll over to that. Bada boom, I brought in scrolling. That's a theme. So right now, as you can see, these are kind of our topics for the day. What we're going to be going over in terms of, uh, you know, our, our personal topics. Like, what we're looking forward to. These are in sequential order. Right now, we're we're kind of in the... The what the podcast is about section. So we're right, right about. Oh yeah, you can't see my 
you can't see my cursor. No, my mouse cursor. Uh, yeah. And right, sorry right for audio that. only listeners because we are, we just have a list pulled up of what we're basically going to go through today. So we're going to start off with just you know what we're about, what we kind of went over, uh, our history, personal histories with Star Wars, some um, where we began and everything like right, that. Right, and then we're going to go right into the heavy hitter, uh, talking about Last Jedi trailer breakdown speculations for eight and nine just some you know general stuff for the future mm-hmm. talk about a little bit of the ryan johnson trilogy that was recently announced a little bit about the uh, live action star wars series that was also recently announced and finally the uh most spe- <laughs> the most anticipated topic about battlefront 2 we're just going to briefly go over the controversy around that our love for the game <laughs> Our absolute joy and ecstasy we feel. Wait, is this the new new Battlefront or old Battlefront? 2017 Battlefront. Oh boy, that's gonna be a very different conversation. (laughs) (laughs) And then from there, we kind of go into like the future of Star Wars video games. Just sort of close off with uh, what we hope Star Wars video games can become. Unfortunately, it's well, we'll probably get to the topic of you know how EA owns all the rights. So the future is looking pretty grim for now. Um, But yeah, so (laughs) let's just start off. Again, introductory. This podcast is going to be a little bit longer than we're normally going to shoot for. In this first episode, we're normally going to shoot for about an hour, an hour and a half long podcast. We we're thinking this one will probably go about two hours. we got a yeah, lot a little, to talk about. A little bit longer. About. Again, just introductions, uh, making the first big podcast a big podcast. So, yeah. So, we're just going to start right off with our personal histories with Star Wars. So, Darth Vapor. Please just call me Ryan. All right, Ryan. I'm Dar- already embarrassed of the name. Darth Vapor. Vapor. Uh, Vapor. Vaporion. Uh, Vapor. Go ahead. Shut up. <laughs> uh, so my personal history with Star Wars, it was actually uh, the first day that I got out of the hospital when I was born. So I was probably, what, four days old? That's usually three, four. Around there. Yeah. Uh, my dad literally put on episode four, A New Hope, on VHS uh, all the way back in 1997. And, uh, yeah, that was the first thing, my first piece of media my eyes ever laid out, ever had the pleasure of seeing was episode four, A New Hope. And since then, I mean, it's my old house has the walls painted with a whole bunch of different Star Wars symbols. I've got Star Wars memorabilia lining dating all the way back to 1983. Um, you know, I've got a whole wall dedicated to Star Wars and nerd posters. It just, it all three of my tattoos are Star Wars. It just, it's essentially my second life. Like it, it really is. It's, it's, uh, it's a little embarrassing sometimes, but it's, it's. I'm not, I'm not ashamed to admit that Star Wars is probably more important to me than uh, uh, Caleb. So it's. Uh... Wow, uh, <laughs> I didn't expect that one to come by. But no, I'm just kidding, Caleb. I can, I can understand that. You know, you are, you are. Probably the coolest ship in Star Wars, so that's I you're the, the uh, coolest hip- Millennial Falcon. <laughs> you're wearing, the hippest uh, and coolest. You're wearing shades on the in the cockpit side. Yeah. Don't drive near me because this is my space and I own it. <laughs> Your personal space. Your <laughs> safe space. <laughs> Don't invade my safe space. Darth safe space. Uh, so that's kind of my history. It's it's always been in my life. My mom loves it, my dad loves it. My friends growing up didn't really like it. So it in my early life I didn't spend too much time around it but as i've gotten older it's it's literally consumed probably 60 percent of my life it's it's pretty pathetic <laughs> so what about uh, you so put it on a brighter note ryan is definitely the stronger star wars fan of the two of us i would consider myself a pretty strong fan uh but ryan's definitely 
knows more and has been around it longer than I have. I didn't get introduced into Star Wars till I was about in first or second grade. And what happened was we were at a, I was inside a garage sale with my family, and we found the VHS copy of Phantom Menace, and uh, my parents bought it for me, and I basically spent like a week just staring at the cover because I thought the cover art was really cool for it. I would just go over the cover, look at it, and then I'd watch it over and over again forever. <laughs> and immediately fell in love with it. Phantom Menace to this day is still my favorite movie just for the fact that it introduced me to Star Wars. And then from that point on, anytime Spike would ever have a Star Wars marathon, which was like every day. Every single day. <laughs> I would always watch it. So I've seen the entirety of both trilogies several times. And unfortunately, the prequels I was never able to see in theaters because I was too young. My, none of my, no one in my family liked Star Wars except me. So, you know, wait for it to come out on DVD or VHS, watch it a whole bunch, watch it on Spike all the time. So that was like my major... Uh, like interaction with Star Wars in the beginning. From there, I went on to read a lot of the extended universe books that came out around that time. So all the way up through high school, it's all I did was all Star Wars all the time. You know, again, super nerdy would do Star Wars role plays. Uh, I never really got into Star Wars multiplayer. Like MMO games, even those are really big at the time. Mainly, I played the Star Wars single player game, but you know, like Force Awakens, stuff like that. Or sorry, Force Awakens, Force huh? Unleashed. That's a good single player yeah, game. It was good. Uh, Lego Force Awakens. It was pretty garbage. <laughs> no, Force Unleashed one and two. I played you know a lot of games like that. Uh, so yeah, and all I ever do is watch Star Wars fan theories about everything. So, yeah, it's been a huge part of my life. I've tons of Star Wars merchandise, tons of little trinkets all over my room. Yeah, so uh, it's a big thing. Uh, the biggest, I think, impact that Star Wars ever had in my life on a grander scale is that, again, getting a little sappy here, Star Wars is one of the big reasons Ryan and I have been friends for nearly five years now. Yeah. It's because we connected so strongly over it, and most of our high school career, all we did was talk about Star Wars. <laughs> Jesus. It, I mean, it got to the point where we would... The geopolitical debates we would have about the Star Wars universe at our lunch table. <laughs> and we... <laughs> I think once we hit like a big milestone, I think we have to go back to the debate of Qui Gon. I think that's gonna have to be <laughs> like like a thousand followers yeah, or something was, like that. That was one of our yeah season. Now that was one of the biggest turning points for our friendship, where we knew like we could go through a super heated argument and, and come out okay. And you have no idea, you know. You think it's it's kind of pathetic how two nerds almost probably broke up their friendship because of a character being or not being one i mean it definitely is but being or not being one specific thing um but it lasted about three periods of our life and it's been an ongoing joke for years now one of many one of many but it's yeah it was the big it was the first big argument we had but yeah, I, I mean, we still, the next day, we still hung out, still yeah. texted, still talked to each other, still just, and again, it, like nothing happened. It, that was, I think you're right, that was the big point where I think we both subconsciously realized that this is not going anywhere. Like, we're stuck. Right, because our Star Wars debate got more heated and more intricate than any of our political debates ever got. I mean, we talked, we talked with Austin at the table, we talked politics for days. Never once did Caleb and I get that heated. 
No. I mean, desks were slammed. We don't like... care about politics. But Star Wars politics, we do. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Empire all the way. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, obviously, you know, we're both huge Star Wars fans. Been fans of it nearly our entire lives. Ryan more so than I have. And it just... It's impacted our lives a lot. I have a Star Wars tattoo as well. Only one yet, but I have planned on getting more. And, yeah. Anything else you need to say about our personal history? I just think it's important um, to kind of just, you know, Star Wars is very important to us. You know, not, I mean, with me it's important because it's, you know, like I said, it, it's fuck, it's consumed my life. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. But it it's important to us because of that bridge that it connected between the two of us. So I think we'll have a different perspective because our friendship, like you said, was almost completely formed on Star Wars. So yeah, things might get heated, we might get into arguments, we might fight, but we do it because we both care about this franchise. And I, I don't think that's something that a lot of podcasts do. I think they're fans of Star Wars. Um, I mean, I'm not calling anyone out in particular, but I think that's something that you and I will personally have over uh, maybe some other podcasts or other fans that might do similar things, is that you and I kind of, our friendship and the whole reason we're together was Rooster Teeth and Star Wars. And we can't do a Rooster Teeth themed podcast because we'd get sued, (laughs) but Star Wars are pretty okay with it, so. Yeah, and I think... Besides the fact that it just brought you and I together, one of the biggest reasons I have had Star Wars involved in my life so much is because I like I love things that spark my imagination, creativity, and Star Wars is one of the only is like the best the biggest franchise that does that for me. Where no matter what aspect of Star Wars I'm consuming, what media form it is, it always sparks my imagination, creativity some way. You know, if you're thinking of millions of different, like, ship ideas or different character ideas yep. or, like, things that you could do within the Star Wars universe, there's not really any other universe out there that does that. It's true. I mean, I don't like I don't really like the prequel trilogy, but one thing I've always said about it is that it was incredibly creative. I mean, you know, unlike The Force Awakens, uh, <clears throat> it, Which is, it had creative aspects in it. We'll get into that later. <laughs> it's a later topic. Maybe we'll squeeze it in here. Maybe not. Either way... Uh, The prequels were always, you know, they were very creative. The worlds were brand new, characters were brand new, new species, new factions, you know, just all this, all these new things. Um, And that's, and you're right, if if I need to feel inspired or creative, I turn on some Star Wars music or I watch a Star Wars film and just everywhere you look, CGI or practical, it's bursting with life. There's so much detail into the world surrounding Star Wars. The best part about the films is that they don't need to explain everything for it. you to just say, okay, this communication device is the size of a toothpick, but hey, it works because, you know, you see other people using it. It's not just like a one, th- but you know, little teeny tiny things like that, you start to, and you and I are, I think, fairly creative people. You I being, like think so? Being, us being, you know, kind of timid writers of sorts. Um, we, uh... It helps having a franchise that you can just always look to. I mean, you can look up anything about Star Wars and just somehow be inspired by it because it doesn't overburden you with information, but it doesn't leave you enough to where you're like, but what about this? Like, I'm so confused to this. Like, there, you always can at least create your own understanding of something. Which is something I, again, one of the things I love about Star Wars and I think a lot of franchises get wrong is they 
Star Wars doesn't give you a lot of information. They don't explain every small detail, which a lot of franchises do. Star Wars will give you the major plot points sometimes, and it kind of goes back and forth between here's a major plot point, here's a minor plot point. So you have to like fill the gap through all the movies that are in the series or that are related to whatever mm-hmm. it is. Even like the books are the same way. And, you know, the movies are the same way. Like, you watch episode four, the gaps won't get filled in until episode six. And even then, you might not have answers till episode one. So, which is one of the things I love about it, because it sparks your imagination and creativity. Like, what is the answer? What could be the answer? And that's, you know, a big thing you and I have always talked about is, like, you know, just even the force. The force has never been one specific thing. It's, you know, it's always been opened up to um, interpretation that's one thing I love is that, you know, like Star Trek. Star Trek explains the hell out of every little thing. And I love Star Trek. I love it. I love that it's super sci-fi. But it doesn't inspire me creatively as much as Star Wars does. Because like you said, just Star Wars, it forces you to think. Uh, even if you're not doing it like super consciously, like, oh, what about this? You know, just in the back of your head, you're like, huh, that land speeder is cool. I kind of thinking maybe we could go with a similar design and you've already thought of a new ship just in the back yeah. of your head that you didn't even realize. Um, so yeah. So um, I think that's I think that's I, I think it's important. I agree. Um, so again I think it's obviously not there's a lot of franchises franchises that do this but I think Star Wars is just the, the peak that nothing else can really compare to. If you look at like other major franchises like, even, like, Marvel, per se. I love the Marvel franchise. Love the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It doesn't spark as much creativity as I think Star Wars does because it, it tries to answer every single question. Yeah. And at least plot holes, like, those are a little bit different. But as far as just answering everything, it, like, the mechanics it brings up, usually pretty clear about, oh, this works, this works, this doesn't work. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's why, again, Star Wars is such... I'm such a huge fan of it. Yeah, no, I agree. It's, uh... It's always it's it's always gonna be here though. We were joking in the beginning about it being a dying franchise. It's, oh yeah, it's never going anywhere. Even in the years in between the prequels, my life was still filled with Star Wars because yeah. there's books, there's games, there's music, there's media, there's fan films, there's different cosplay. I mean, it's just it's never going away. After after a nuclear apocalypse, the only things that will survive are cockroaches, Twinkies, and Star Wars. Pretty much, yeah. Like the cockroaches will be humming the Star Wars theme as they eat the Twinkies. It's gonna be great. Um, so we're, let's go ahead and kind of move on, because uh, we don't. I mean, unless you have anything else I don't, to add, no, that's that's all. So big news: twenty four days from now, a little film is gonna come out. It's kind of an indie film. You just a little. Probably film. haven't heard of it. By a, it's Star Wars Episode Eight: The Last <laughs> Jedi, directed by this guy who directed, uh, you know, such hit films as Looper. And that's it. So a small time director. Did anybody else hear those crickets? <laughs> Never saw Looper. A lot of in post. Never I saw it. Looper. It was pretty yeah. good. I heard it was. I good. enjoyed it. it I was... didn't. I didn't hear it was amazing, but I heard it was like it was good. classic sci-fi mixed with a little bit of moral philosophy. So it was pretty good. All right, but it was a, yeah. Anyway, so we're gonna go. We want to break down the Last Jedi trailer. I know it's been out for a little while. Uh, lots of people have done this. But I've been watching a lot of those breakdowns, and I think that there's some things that you and I could add to them uh, that not a lot of people talked about. Um, so we're just going to kind of watch the trailer. Uh, it's going to be low audio, but, you know, that's just because we don't want to get sued. And hopefully all of you have seen it already. Yeah. If you haven't, what are you doing with yourself? But again, I kind of uh, am 
gonna try and focus on more just so you know the general things not necessary like oh this references this page one of this book that came out 30 years ago because more like yeah so this is what this could mean you know just for the like the layman fan but also for the like the more in-depth one as well so just go ahead and roll into that all right so we got ourselves a uh, kylo ren at the first order base the uh gorilla walkers not too big. I mean, I like their design enough, but, you know, it's... It's different. It, it is what I like it, it is, yeah. I mean, it's... That's a whole other topic. We got a little... New lightsaber. New lightsaber hill. from Kylo. Still a cracked kyber crystal, though. Yeah, which is interesting. I hate it. I have some theories about that. I hate it, but, yeah. Uh, Ray, I think Snoke is talking to Kylo. I th- I'm taking that at face value. I think that's one thing he is doing. See, I had it. But at the end of it, at this like scene where Snoke's talking, it flashes straight to Ray. At the end of it, no, I, so I think maybe he is talking to Kylo, but they're suggesting that the same things he's saying to Kylo are be, applicable to Ray as well. I can understand that as well. I do think though he is speaking to Kylo. That's a that's a big thing I saw in a lot of the breakdowns. Is most people think he's talking to Ray. I think he no, is talking I think he's to talking Kylo to, to Kylo as um, well. Kylo also being my favorite of the new characters, just because I, he's got a very interesting personal like conflict that we haven't really explored too much. Um, seeing Leia again, obviously, and a big part of is Kylo going to kill Leia? <coughs> the scene heavily implies that. I don't which, think it's going to happen like this. Um, need to happen more like intimate, like kind of yeah. Because I mean, console. she's on a ship, and the people in the background aren't really panicking, like someone's about to blow them up. Um, and then we also see her on the, the planet, you know, she's in, and the scene's coming up in a minute, she's wearing that cloak. Favorite shot in the trailer right there, because that <laughs> should have happened in The Force Awakens, but I like that it didn't, because now we have that hey, build-up. You, you missed the snow fox, the ice foxes. <laughs> ice foxes are kick-ass. I'm so excited to see those. <laughs> and you could see right there that shot of Rey, I'll, I'll probably go back to it, there is a red mist below her implying maybe she's holding a red lightsaber or a different color at least and i think that might be the a meditation scene similar to like how luke had mm-hmm. kind of a vision of the dark side and these two are definitely not in the same i think they are what i think they're they're no, talking to each other i don't at all uh because i think i think it's all because she looks like she's in a like a campground all right so her background and i'm gonna skip back to it is so calm there's no fire reflect yeah but look there's, there's a, a little there's a little there's a, a fi- I think she's face. around, but look how calm everything is. I think she's in the campfire talking to Luke, and I think Kylo Ren is on the same planet. I just think this is way later in the film when he like invades Luke's planet or some shit. I like think that. it's the same. So let's go to the beginning, kind of go break like scene, scene by, by scene, scene a little bit. So again, First for uh, audio listeners, we apologize for this. We'll try and explain what we're seeing the best. Yeah. Ho- hopefully, you've seen the trailer, so you kind of know what we're referring to. So, opening scene, Kylo Ren looking out at a, looks like a factory. It's a, it's a first order base, because you can see the gorilla walkers and the AT-ATs. Yeah, it looks like, it is, kind of looks like they're building a little, like something. Like, there's some sparks flying, so like, it looks like they're either adding onto the base or mm-hmm. building something on there, so there's definitely some work on it. I think this is, uh, I think this is, uh, Snoke's, like, flagship or something like that, and I think this oh, is, okay. I think it's towards the beginning of the film, I think they're preparing to invade... Um, I think I think this is them coming off of escaping from Starkiller Base in Seven. I mean, I this is so, them yeah. like kind of. Re- I definitely do think this is the beginning of the film. Yeah, I do too. Okay. Um, 
Kuwait or whatever the hell Kuwait is like the name of the this planet right here with like the red soil and the ice or whatever <clears throat> apparently it's like Kuwait or something like that Co- okay. Kuwait um, Kylo Ren's flag sh- or Kylo Ren's transport ship right there interesting and I do like the gorilla walkers because um, I don't I just like different kind of like in Rogue One there was a different ATACTs right and yeah. a different like type model of an ATAT and I like seeing different models of ships adapted for whichever planet they're on. Yeah, no, so I, like the TIE like, Striker for atmospheric right. battles. Right, and, like, these um, gorilla walkers, they have literally, like, gorilla hands for their yeah. as their hands to walk. So I'm assuming it's for some type of climbing, like, even those mountains you see in there, or something I, along... I think it's to prevent the ropes around. Maybe. But you can also see the original AT-ATs here. I don't know if you sure. noticed that. There's a couple of them. Yeah, I'm hoping that too. it is for climbing, and you get to see them climb those cliffs that you see in the trailer. Maybe, That'd be maybe. so cool. That, those are so, I mean, it, it would have to do a pretty good job of explaining how the hell those beasts can climb a cliff, but maybe, yeah. I do like the. Sh- I love the red soil. It yeah, adds even so in the, much cinematography. In the teaser trailer mm-hmm. when you had like ships crashing crashing into soil. It's so cinematic and beautiful. It it's really such a cool is. effect that you wouldn't think to add, but it's so cool when you add it. I. I'm still torn. This is either that same planet, the Kuwait or what? I know Kuwait's a country, but yeah, I'm pretty sure the um, planet itself. It's it starts with like a K. I'm almost positive. Um, yeah, but this scene we're looking at, it looks like is it Kylo walking through? Yeah, it's Kylo, Kylo with the First Order stormtroopers. Um, or I little, guess they're calling them First Order troopers, but you know whatever. And they look uh look like they're wearing a little bit different. Armor, a little different. I think uniforms. these are snow troopers. They do look. They look very reminiscent of snow I, troopers. Um, because we in a deleted scene in the Force Awakens, we did get to see the snow troopers, um, and you see them a little bit in the film, but it's like in the background; they're not present. I think these are snow troopers because the same planet with the red soil. It's got a white surface, which I believe is like snow. I want to say it's snow. Um, I don't know though. You know, we yeah, can but see. no, it, it's a pretty cool shot. It does look like they're on. It's that, either that either, planet or yeah. it's like I. It's either the first order, like home world or some shit like that, or it's the same planet and he's like walking in to kill a whole bunch of rebels or something. Which yeah. I hope we get to see. I hope Kylo Ren gets to be be shown off as a little bit more of a badass than he was in the kind of like a end of Rogue One with Vader, mm-hmm. how they yeah. showed him off like that. I think they're going to go that approach. I think this is him marching into the rebel base to pick off some strength. Cause again, it's like the same thing where they've hinted at Kylo being the super badass, powerful mm-hmm. force sensitive individual. Haven't shown it as much a little bit in force awakens when you like stop the blaster shot midair. Great. Best scene in history. Best scene in this, <laughs> in the whole film, uh, but not much else. But it's been heavily hinted at that, mm-hmm. yeah, he's super powerful. Yeah. Which is why, yeah, anyway, so it's a cool scene. I'm excited to see a lot of different trooper variants in this. Cause I also know the thing I like to see troopers specialized in one area, kind like of like Scarif with and Death Troopers. Right, it's just really cool yeah. to see different things. Like, oh, yeah, that would make sense for them to have. Hate the fact that he has the same mask. I know he gets rid of it. At least from what we can tell, but right. I hate the fact that he has the same mask. It bugs me personally because we never saw Vader's mask get destroyed in the original film. I mean, they hinted at it in comics that it's damaged and shit like that. And in Rebels, like Ahsoka, like destroys like an, the eyepiece. But that's Vader. I mean, and that's you a see it in seven, that's too. a breathing you see, like, suit. You see the helmet in Seven. Well, that's the burnt helmet from yeah. the end of Six. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but that's very like that's a living like he needs that suit to survive. So it, it makes sense that he would have replicants of it. Kylo's I always just assumed was more of um, you know just I want I need to hide my face and I need to make sure that I embody this this Sith this dark right. side image with a mask and stuff like that. So when his mask was destroyed, I was I, I could have sworn he wouldn't have it again. I like the fact that they're getting rid of it, but I don't like that it's still here to begin with. I can see that. Um, but again, again, I'm going to play a little opposite. That's Maybe funny. this scene isn't is like a flashback scene, not in necessarily the linear narrative of the movie. So they're flashing back to when he did have the helmet. Because you're right, it kind of it would be weird if he had a replicant of the helmet, unless he's like super attached to it for whatever reason. I could see him maybe losing it and then commissioning one to be remade. But it seems that after episode seven, he wouldn't have time to like, hey, make me a new one right before eight. So from what I heard, eight is picking up exactly where nine or seven left off. Like there's no two, three years in between like there was in the original. There's no ten years in between. Right, which is what I heard as well. Um and you can see with the shots where Luke is picking up the lightsaber that we are going to continue right off of that. Um, but this this is obviously Snoke's personal base because you can in the background you can see it's like some of the yeah Praet- it looks like a person their um, Praetorian guards. Those- so this actually might be maybe a scene where he's maybe being first inducted or some type of induction ceremony right which but it's interesting he's in snoke's chamber with his a new helmet picking up a new lightsaber i feel like there might be some type of ceremony going on that we haven't been exposed to yet i've heard a couple people think that this is going to be his trial and he's gonna have to fight these guys which i think would be awesome if snoke pit like his best guards against his apprentice um i think that would be a really cool scene but this is clearly a new hilt, similar right. design, because that's the way that Kylo is trained. You know, picking up, you know, let's say you're a Jedi and you're used to holding a single-bladed lightsaber, having a, picking up a double-bladed lightsaber, you would have an incredibly hard time adapting to it. It's a whole different fighting style. Um, I still don't like that it's a cracked crystal. So now here's I'm my... assuming it's because of his dual nature, that's almost. That's what I think, and I think it makes sense. Because he's still, like I like so I still like the look of the cracked. I never plate. did. I know you've never done. I still like the look of it because again, it gives off. He's not at peace with himself. He has a lot of duality in himself, so it's reflected in something that's supposed to be personally attached to him. True. And I think it makes sense. So again, if you, I think maybe they'll show a scene where he's trying to recreate a force crystal or rebuild his lightsaber or something. And it happens again, and maybe Snoke explains it, maybe he doesn't, but the fact that he's still held back between being tied to the light side and the dark side. So he's still undecided, even though he killed his father. I'm on the side of, you killed Han Solo, you're bad. Right. That's 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 the side I'm on, because, I mean, it's it's Han Solo. Like, let's, I mean, come on. All right. And even more than that, but it's I, his dad. So. This is a really pretty hilt. It looks very clean, very new. Like, there's no scratches. Like, right, it's very, like, matte black. On his old one, like, the edges were all just destroyed. I mean, it looked like a piece of shit. Like, just it looked barely, like it had been through battle. Barely held together. This one, I mean, not even, I don't even think it's been ignited before. Look at the edge. Um, but pretty. Praetorian guards. Um, something truly special. 
Ray again. I think he's talking to Kylo. I think this is a, a misdirect. Um, or but, a I, but I do understand the the he could very well be talking about Ray as well. I just don't think he's talking to Ray. And I think it's more of he's talking to Kylo, but the person like this trailer is alluding to the same things that are applying to Kylo apply to Ray. Yeah. So I think it's going across the thing where they're opposite sides of the same coin, kind of. I like, though, that I don't think she's going to be pure Jedi. And I don't think Luke is going to train her to be a Jedi. I think Luke is going to train her how to fight and how to use the Force. I don't think he's going to teach her the Jedi ways. Because to me, I think Luke is fucking done with the Jedi. I think so, too. It looks like from he's, everything we've seen, he is He's done. wearing black. He hates everybody. He didn't even like want to look at her. Like he hid from the galaxy because he's just he's so done with it. I think he's gonna train her to fight. I don't think he's gonna train her to be a Jedi. I think he wants it to end. But then my and question it, is, why do you think he's training? Oh, we'll get into that a little bit. I want to bring up a little later. Why do you think Luke decided to train Rey? I think because he knew that Kylo was coming for him or for like he they were going to confront, and she represented a good side to the force not necessarily the light side but a better side than kylo does because kylo wants to be corrupted he wants to be evil he wants to be on the dark side ray just wants to use the force i don't think ray wants to be a jedi i think ray wants to use the force and know what is inside she her. didn't really know what the jedi were she was again she like thought a they legend were a myth. Of right yeah. um i think Ky- i think luke chooses to train ray purely out of She's not going anywhere. She's going to keep pestering him. I think that's probably how it starts. She just pestering an old man who wants to be left alone. Exactly, yeah. He's like, dude, I'm done. All of my, like, I, I built a whole academy from the ground up, and it was burned to crisp. I'm done. Like, your arch nemesis is my old Padawan. How do you think I feel right now? Um, I don't think Luke, I think, I think the big reason why Ryan Johnson is, why everyone is saying this script is so innovative and so new is because I think Ryan Johnson's making a big leap and I think he's getting rid of the Jedi and the Sith. I don't think they're going to be Sith. I think they're going to be just dark side and light side or that mix in between like Rey or like Kylo. Okay. Um, I think that's why Disney is approaching him as this innovator of Star Wars, this new... So you think we're going to get more of a gray Jedi versus dark Jedi? Yeah. Thing, where they're not specifically associated with mm-hmm. those orders... But they still have, they're more tuned to the dark side or the light side. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Because I think, and we've heard Luke say it's time for the Jedi to end. We know Snoke and Kylo aren't Sith because they don't have the titles. You know, it's not Mm -hmm. Emperor Snoke and Darth Wren or whatever. Um, So I, I think the Sith and the Jedi are over. And I think that's one of the reasons why Disney is approaching Ryan as this grand innovator of... The Star Wars uh, franchise. Which we'll get into a little bit later. A little bit later. A little bit later. All right. A little bit later. I'm surprised they showed this. I'm not. This, to me, I felt like should have been saved for the theater. I'm surprised they didn't show this at the end of 7. Because they needed the this seems... I mean, it's implied that it's going to happen, so I'm not super surprised that they're showing it. It's not a huge spoiler. It's not a huge surprise to me because I know going in the movie, yeah, Luke's going to probably handle the lightsaber again. Yeah. This, this scene takes place right after Seven Episode ends. Seven, yeah. I so just, it may, I think it makes sense. I think this shot, though, probably should have been saved for the theater. 
Maybe. And, and I don't think we'll show the TV spot, but I think the shot of him on the Millennium Falcon should have absolutely been saved. I think theater. that one definitely should have been saved. I mean, it, it got to me. I loved it, but it absolutely See, that one is a little different because theater. I think that scene, because in the TV spot, they show Luke getting on the Millennium Falcon, lights turning on, everything. And he's like, like wow, I'm back, I'm back here <laughs> yeah. again. And that scene, I think, is more significant because... It's kind of like when you first see Han and Chewie in Episode Seven, like oh, it's that reconnection with the original trilogy. Whereas this, like yeah, he has a lightsaber. A lightsaber is cool. It's not as influential as the Millennium Falcon is. Yeah, because he has his own lightsaber. She'll probably build her own lightsaber at some point. You know, a lightsaber is a lightsaber. Yeah, as a whole, like lightsabers are in like huge part of the Star Wars universe. But individually, a lightsaber isn't usually. As Huge. unique as like the person itself, like right. I when I look at Darth Vader, I don't instantly look for the lightsaber. Like I trust me, I can tell you which is Darth Vader's lightsaber, <laughs> but I don't like specifically go out and say, "Oh, where's the lightsaber clipping on his belt?" Oh, there it is. That's the best part of his costume, his character. Right. So it's I so can I'm understand that. Surprise, but no, I wasn't surprised that they chose to show it. Uh, I I still think it should have been saved at least some of the scene. Uh, but we'll just have to see for when we're in the theater. Uh, and then looking, like, look at she's walking up to like the force tree. Uh, yeah, you don't. Those are in legend or um, in the new canon. They're they're a big thing. But see, I think a lot of these scenes we've seen of like Ray in caves and even this part mm-hmm. with a lot of fog around. I think they're going after things similar to like Luke's training scenes with Yoda in the original trilogy where he's having a lot of force visions mm-hmm. and premonition and I think Ray's doing the same thing where yep. I think the islands you know has a lot of force sensitivity around it and she's just having all these different visions kind of like she did when she first touched Luke's lightsaber where she's either looking at the future looking on herself looking at a possible future the past stuff like that so I think there's gonna be a lot of scenes like that absolutely uh, this and, is one of my favorite shots of the trailer. That, because that, I mean, that yeah. takes skill. The shot uh, where Ray stops like inches before hitting a rock with her lightsaber as she's training. And look at her face. It's so determined. She knows what she's doing now. This is, I think, after a good bit of time. Yeah, I think of I'm training. excited for the Karate Kid training montage. I'm absolutely. <laughs> I, if the song we're gonna go, we're gonna make a montage is not playing during this, I'm gonna be a little disappointed. Or is that or Eye of the Tiger? A little, a little that. I'd be okay with that. A little bit of Rocky. <laughs> John Williams, Eye of the Ki- Eye of the Tiger. Eye of the Tiger. Eye of the Kaiser. And uh, then this the just scene. this to me is a good credit of. Most people's inability to recognize Mark Hamill as a good actor. I think he's a great actor. I think he's a great actor. Especially and a great voice actor. Voice actor. Yeah, he's great. Would Him you... as the Joker. Him and everything he's ever been. <laughs> My favorite Joker for uh, sure. But yeah, this is the scene where you see Ray ha- like on the ground. Some rocks are levitating around her. Because remember, and... Luke struggled with one boulder. Like, and she's like all yeah, these the tiny little pebbles she's feeling and moving. And he's... Luke had such a hurdle to get over the like believing in the force to actually because once he like kind of believed in the force and it started flowing a lot right, more and then naturally. he was like it was natural. Ray is like right into it. Yeah, because Ray wants to believe in the force. Like she has the power to believe in the force. Whereas Luke grew up, he didn't even know what the force was. She knew what it was. She knew what the Jedi were. She just knew they were myths. Right, but she had a concept of them. And there's even the voice line in the trailer. It's like, you know, something has always been inside of me, which alludes to the fact that maybe she's looked into this before. You know, she might have she, tampered with it a little bit. And again, like, uh, maybe move a couple rocks around the house. Or I think it's more she has that kind of sixth sense that comes with being a Jedi. 
Like Anakin. So, like exactly. Like Anakin had that sixth sense and made him a great pod racing pilot. He didn't necessarily actively use the force, but more something that was passive in him. And I think Ray could feel that. Yeah. Where she's like, Oh, as she's scavenging, there's like a pull to go to this object as opposed to this object. Mm-hmm. Something along those lines. I agree. But I like this scene because I think it's showing the end of Ray's training where Luke's like, Oh shit, what have I done? I think it's showing the beginning. I think okay. this is part of where Luke is saying, I trained Kylo and he kicked my ass. He kicked he killed all of my Padawans, burned my character to the ground. Like I see this the same exact potential, almost the same exact person in you, and it scares the living shit out of me. See, I, I don't want to train you. I think here's why I think it's the end. Because I think this is how it's gonna go. Ray gets there, she pesters Luke to train her because i think he's automatically gonna say like no like i'm not doing that anymore yeah she's gonna be like listen this lightsaber called to me i don't understand who i am i need to find my place in the universe like she mentions the trailer though i think that's that why was... she's talking to luke <laughs> i just proved your own theory we'll get to that in a little bit uh she's like trying to find her place in the universe she's trying to understand all these powers she seems to have and i think eventually luke will be like okay she's right his mentor like his mentor elderly intuition is going to kick in he's like yeah she's right I gotta help her because no one else is going to be able to. She's gonna be in this confusion state for the rest and of her life. Go to, if she goes to the dark side, then they have three incredibly powerful right. force and it, users. But I think I don't think he knows how powerful she is yet. I think he's gonna be like, okay. Plus, like she came in the Millennium Falcon. You know, maybe there's like Chewie vouching for her. The destiny behind her right. almost seems like it's and that has the map and everything. So he's like, okay, I'll give her a chance. I'll just train her a little bit, teach her how to focus and explain more about who she is and why she is the way she is. And then she does something incredible. I think in that scene there's like more to it. Like break the where, fucking mountain? Yeah, like break a mountain top or something like that. And he's like, oh, God, what have I done? She's too powerful. And then he starts imagining Kylo and how he was like the same way where those power level over 9,000 are – it's just insane. And he's like, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm out. And this is when he bails. I think one thing I'm super duper hoping for is that they really show Rey training. Her kind of Mary Sue attitude in The Force Awakens, it, it kind of bugged me a little bit. Because Luke had the whole movie until he got to the end. And all he did was use the Force as more of a guide than actually like directly using it to guide the missile into uh, or the proton torpedo. Uh, into the Death Star reactor. He just used it as a guide, which is like the very first step mm-hmm. to becoming a Jedi. You always learn the like, forces as a sixth sense right. as opposed to moving objects. Um, her ability to, you know, m- grab the lightsaber from an. I mean, I get it. I've always defended the scene because Kylo's super injured. He just got even more injured from Finn. He just kicked Finn's ass, so he's tired. He just killed his dad. He's mentally drained. You know, Kylo's in a super weakened state, and she's in this super pissed off rage mode that we saw Luke in at the end of Return of the Jedi uh, when he taps into the dark side to beat his dad. Um, but I do really hope Luke kicks the shit out of Rey to kind of help explain some of this power as opposed to it just being like, oh shit, she's super powerful. Well, not too much I can train here. Right, and then. Time for you to go. The other thing I think is that. The big difference is I don't think – I think we've talked about this. The reason, like, again, going back to Episode 7, why Rey was e- able to defeat Kylo, I don't think Kylo had much training in lightsaber combat because he never had to fight anyone with a lightsaber. Maybe Snoke had a fight with a lightsaber, maybe some other guards. But, like, really, 
he didn't have much a challenge. He knew how to use it effectively. But, like, Ray comes out of nowhere, kind of feeling the force, tapping into it, and just doing what's natural. And he was, like, too surprised to fight back. See, I think the opposite. I think it... I think... Because Kylo kill, single, almost single-handedly killed the whole academy of Padawans who were all being trained in the ways of the Jedi. So, lightsaber combat and everything. So, he has experience... Uh, we saw with those Praetorian guards, they all have staffs. Fucking Phasma has a sword or like a staff that she can use that can probably deflect lightsaber blast blows. I think he's had tons of training. But again, he was shot with a bowcaster, which if you remember Force Awakens, was blowing people 50 feet in the air. <laughs> That's true. It blew up a door. Like, this thing is powerful. He just killed his dad, so he's emotionally scarred and drained. Um... Finn managed to like hit his shoulder, so his shoulder's already hurting, and Ray just tapped into, and like a the force, not necessarily good or bad, but just tapped into the force. She already had melee training with the staff. We saw her kicking ass with the staff. It's true. So she knows how to handle a melee weapon. I think she caught Kylo more off guard. That's okay. where I'm kind of blending yeah. our theories. Kylo was caught off guard because you know here comes this woman. He has no idea who she is just so pissed off and he's i mean he's on his last legs he's already like limping along beating himself to try and <laughs> you know he's like trying to pump himself up with more adrenaline uh yeah but no i i do think we're going to see i hope again this is one of those predictions i really hope we see more of luke's force abilities again same thing it's been suggested how powerful luke is we haven't really seen exactly how powerful he is because he was pretty much the last force user in the galaxy i mean he made an academy so he was technically the most powerful right he's probably like one of the like the last master of the force which i think they're going to show where he's a master of Mm -hmm. almost all aspects of the force he's going to fight ray because ray's going to be like i can do this and then ray's going to get the shit kicked out of her i think luke's going to unleash some like massive power you know like pick up a boulder and like almost slam her with it and just say like look bitch or like deactivate her lightsaber in her hand, or like catch the blade with the force, which or something like that. Which, by the way, guys, you can't turn off another Jedi's lightsaber. I've seen the memes. I've seen people wondering how that works. You can't well, Luke, because the lightsaber is a tune is tuned to your. Right, but I think if anyone's gonna be able to do it, Luke can. No, I'm just saying. Like I saw, <laughs> like just pressing the button. I saw an yeah. article the other day where why don't like. Um, like Darth, when Darth Vader and Luke were fighting, why didn't they just turn each other's lightsaber off? It's like it's because you can't. It's the lightsaber is tuned to the to your force, your will or whatever the yeah. hell. It's like it's your lightsaber. Then, you craft it. You build it. The crystal is tuned and focused on yeah. you. Um, uh, so yeah, that's why I think this is gonna be the like kind of the ending scene of her training thing or training session. This is I think the scene the where Luke's hand flash like punches up he's next to rg2 yeah it's this is them in the academy. academy flashback which is good because i want to see more about can, what the academy what's going on and you on can in the see bodies on the ground which leads more to kylo ren's slaughter of people as opposed to fight right i know which he, i think it what it was i know he formed the knights of ren from some of these from some of these students uh, i don't know if all of them are from the academy i know some of them were my guess um, is that the knights of ren are kind of the older students more experienced students and these students are the not as good students. They're like slightly yeah. force sensitive, you know. Kylo like really went to people, or, picked uh, out the best ones. Younglings, kind of. Yeah, and especially if you caught them off guard, mm-hmm. and you just wiped. Just through like them. the clones, like 
Exactly. The Jedi had they no didn't expect idea. it. And I think what happened was I believe I think Luke was probably off world somewhere, fell disturbance in the force, rushed back, and then came to the came to the scene where the academy is completely burned down. Yeah, I agree. Um, so we're seeing that it's a powerful shot, and again, he looks so scared. Again, another tribute to how good of an actor he is. I think people need to give him more. Cre- I know he's kind of whiny in A New Hope uh, and in Episode Five, Episode Six. He really got his shit together, right? Um, but hey, Anakin was the same way. Mm-hmm, but he's grown a lot, and this just—I mean—that's a hard expression to master. Like <laughs> true terror, he does it pretty damn well, especially with that beard. Um, especially he has, <laughs> he has a nice beard. Kylo Ren with the fucking helmet. I but see, this is the scene, I think, where he ditches the yeah, helmet. and he destroys it. Yeah. He's talking about let the so past So I guess die. he does have the helmet again. I don't know why he has it. It's in the beginning. He probably has just this backup. Or, again, I'm going to go to the uh, part where I think he's in a ceremony with Snoke, and Snoke gives him another helmet. And he says no. Maybe as like, or maybe even like as a, hey, this is your second chance. Don't mess up this time. So like, kind of like a symbol, like symbolic thing like that. And then after that scene, maybe Kylo's like, I can't, I'm not doing this. I'm not that same person. I'm different now. Yeah. He can't go I've back to being more, him. Yeah, right. Exactly. I've grown. He doesn't want to hide himself anymore. Exactly. Uh, so that's when he destroys the helmet. Pause a little bit. Uh, we kind of missed the crystalline cave. This looks, I mean, this is uh, like the Force Awakens when they're going through the ships on Jakku. It's very, awesome. very similar. Yeah. Probably one of the coolest, like, Millennium Falcon moments. But it's interesting because this looks like the same planet that uh, the Gorilla Walkers are on. That Kuwait yeah. or again or what, I'm just gonna call it Kuwait <laughs> until yeah. someone corrects me or until I remember what the hell it's called. I'm I'm almost positive it's like Kuwait or Kowat, Kowit. Kill yourself. It's <laughs> it's so that means that maybe the Millennium Falcon ditches Ray for a while. Maybe Chewie gets the okay to join back with the Resistance. Yeah, maybe. loads up and goes maybe. to help him out. Because um, it's interesting on that again. Yeah, you do uh, a little later in the scene. You see. Chewy with a porg, but no pilot, right? Mm-hmm. And no, like, you know, there's no race, so maybe it is that Ray's on, like, left behind. I think, I think Ray and Luke are on that planet almost the whole movie, which is why I'm, I'm really hoping Ray gets the absolute shit kicked out of her by Luke because I, I think he's gonna put her through some shit that even Snoke would be like, dude, whoa, chill dude, down, you need to calm down a little. <laughs> yeah, I, I can agree to that because with how many things we've seen in here that's like well that could be a force vision well how many damn force visions is she gonna have unless that's his again but maybe I mean, that's his way of training where he's like he just puts her I'm in almost a trance the, like state or like, like the mental like trauma and torture she's gonna go through that's his way of training her just make sure that she's even prepared mentally to handle yeah, I, I do think she's gonna go after snoke and kylo at some point probably towards the end mm-hmm. she's gonna find a way to escape yeah I think leave. the Millennium Falcon's going to come back because we do see Luke, as we said, on the Millennium Falcon. Now, that could be just him, you know, like saying bye to Chewie, so he just walks on. He's right just before he around, leaves or something like maybe that. Maybe feeling that Han has passed, so he's just, you know, reveling in that feeling of, you know, memories past. Um, but no, that's. I just wanted to point that yeah, it out. It is a really cool scene. It's beautiful. <laughs> I mean, it's so beautiful. Fuck that poor. <laughs> Uh, this is uh, them, I think, abandoning that planet. Or, I'm sorry, abandoning the planet they were on, the Yavin 4-like planet in a Force Awakens. Okay. I think this is them leaving to go to Kuwait. Yeah, leaving. 
Um, I'm excited to see more Poe Dameron because I did. I really do like I his did, character. I, I think did, he's gonna yeah. he's gonna have more influential. And, for, and in, for a character that was going to die, he did. Yeah, he's pretty cool. He wasn't he, again like he wasn't super in Episode Seven a lot. He didn't have a super influential role. At the end, he did, but yeah. I think this one's gonna be a lot more of it. I'm a main character. I'm Let's you know, start even a, a commander or something yeah. of everything. From what I heard, Leia's training him to to replace her. So general, like lead of the resistance. This is interesting. This is a it's an additional engine onto an X-wing. This is Poe Dameron's. At least we can pretty much assume X-wing, new X-wing, um, with a potentially like um, new engine on the back of it. Because you can see it's an X-wing. Yeah. It, you know, but it's it got... has a couple additions onto it, so it's kind mm-hmm. of yeah. Again, a different. It, but, yeah. Again, it looks like an X-wing. It is an X-wing, but maybe a different version. Not sure what the extra engine on the back could be, but I'm sure it's know. just to help the X-wing go fast. But there, I'm pretty sure you Gotta can see fast. that he doesn't have that engine, or um, it's not activated. I mean, you would still probably see like a glow or the unless it's black. just not turned on. But here's a star destroyer, so we're seeing space combat again. Finally, you know, we got mm. some in Rogue One. I think this it, from a, beautiful from the space battle scenes you see in the trailer. I think it's gonna be awesome. Yeah. And I think it's going like to last a while, too. It looks like giant frigates fighting each other. And I think the Resistance is going to get the absolute shit kicked out of them. I don't think, I think they, so, too. I don't think they have because them. Because they... They're underfunded. Yeah. They're, like, worse off than the Rebellion, and from what the I've other, heard. The other thing we have to think about is we're going, hopefully going to see the explanation of the planets that were destroyed in Episode 7. Hosnian system. Because, yeah, we kind of got... Oh, this is, like, these are important... It's the Republic capital. Right, like, but yeah. nothing really, like, what effect does that have? You saw the Republic fleet get destroyed, but we didn't even know the Republic was a factor before they all blew up. So right. It... So, I maybe that is. Like, they're on the tail end run of it. But, again, I I do think the series is going to end with them winning, mm-hmm. with the Resistance winning. So, I'm curious to see how they're going to twist it to where they're going to have the upper hand in some way. I think so, yeah. I mean, even in, like... This is beautiful, and there's one shot in particular where it shows Captain Phasma's helmet. You can see Finn's reflection. This is the Finn and Phasma fight. You can't see the cameras, and I think that's so beautiful. You know, it's hard doing mirrored shots like that. Right. Especially in a helmet that's just naturally reflective. You know, one little divot of that could show a camera, and the whole film would be... CG. Maybe, yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's... Uh, But, yeah, it's, it's a really cool scene. I'm excited to see... Finn back on his feet again. Yeah, there we go. We see the. I mean, from what we can tell. The, damn it. But yeah, it, huge space battle. I mean, look at the size of this star. I think this is Snoke's flagship. I think this is like his capital yeah. ship. These are some first order or um, resistance capital ships. Whatever, getting demolished. <laughs> I mean, look at the size of that thing compared to them, the Ice Wolves. Awesome. Which I'm excited to see this planet. This I, I think this cool. is um, Kuwait. You think so? I'm almost positive. It seems like a different environment. But it, cause, well, hold on. Cause you, I'm skipping. No, because look, there's the red. There's the maybe. white soil on top. And these are the giant these cliffs. Maybe a different part of the planet. Because like before, it was more like a desert. Now it's more... Or was it just snow? It doesn't have to be snowing for snow to still be there. Actually, it, did, it looked more like dirt, though. It didn't look... It but like there might dirt, be red desert. dirt beneath, is what I'm saying. Maybe. Because you have to understand, is like... The cool thing I love about sci-fi is that planets can literally have any kind of environment possible. That's true. So snow on top of dirt is not impossible, yeah. you know. Or it's possible that the planet is a planet that has really diverse 
It's true, yeah. Biome. So, like, because you see those caves, the crystal caves, what I think mm-hmm. I do believe is on this planet, and then a desert at the beginning, this tundra here, completely different atmospheres. Within, like, a mile of each right, other. Right, I yeah. think, could, which be, could it be a cool planet design? Absolutely, and that's one thing I love about Star Wars, is they always nailed planet designs, like... And so we go back. Yeah. This scene we're raising the water. Look at the mist at the bottom. Yeah, and I do. I, I don't think it's a campfire. I think because no. it's ra- it's pouring. And it seems like right after he gets out of the pond. So again, I do think this is more of a force vision. I think it's one of two things. I think it's a force vision, or I think she's created her own lightsaber, and I think it's like an Maybe. orange color. Because I think Ray would be like an orange or a yellow lightsaber, which color. would be cool because we haven't really, we haven't seen those in the movies. Right. And I hope it's a staff saber. It's not going to be. I don't think so. But I hope so. Yeah, she, we've been talking about it. If she has a staff saber, which would be cool. I don't think it'll be till episode nine. If she does, yeah. Which would make sense because I think basics, here's your, you know, normal lightsaber. From there, you kind of create adaptions to it. But if you're Luke, would you really want to give up your father's light? Like, that's your lightsaber. Like, let's say she's not a Unless Skywalker. Unless he doesn't want it. Maybe he's like, I, Maybe, this is yeah. a piece of my past I don't want because he's obviously not but see she's not holding any i don't think i think it might it's probably just a campfire or a light or, or something again it's a force vision she comes up from water or whatever and there's red fog around her because like there's a lightsaber on the ground or something or something like that yeah but again i think it's very this stance light. is very D- count dooku though yeah i, I think this is maybe like a force vision fight where she fights luke or she just fights luke or she just fights luke which I'm okay with. Maybe she goes a little insane after going through Now, here's the question. We know Finn goes undercover. Do you think this is him being captured, or do you think this is him, um, like, still playing the role? I think this I think is this probably is him captured. Him captured, and then... Because he seems pretty pissed off, and that looks like an escort, or like a guarded yeah, escort, instead of just... It definitely seems like he's more... Pretty, but maybe that's how he goes undercover. Maybe he kind of gives himself up and is like take me to phasma or snoke or whoever i have information for them and this looks like this is the exact same thing where kylo ren was overlooking right you can so see the atat and again it does look like there's a lot of construction i don't know maybe that's not what that is but it does look like there's construction so maybe they're building some type of super weapon or they're improving his again i do think it might be a snoke flagship they're improving it to the point where it's unbeatable there's also a chicken walker off to the right good old atst oh yeah um, so a good to of, see those return. Uh, I mean, you know, it's always nice to see some uh, Tie Fighters get the stormtroopers. Original ATATs are floating about. Um, and there's this little scene. Which see, so yeah, is it Scriff? No, I don't think so. What the hell is the planet name? But yeah, look, this they look a little frosted over the mountains. Maybe, do. maybe. I mean, maybe it's just me look, who thinks it looks like. And this looks like the same color as the snow, just not as thick as it was when the ice holes were walking. I know. Around. See, it just it looks like a different environment. I mean, it, yeah, even I outside, can... it looks more like a desert to me than. And we see Snoke's golden robe. I don't like it, but I know it was it was original concept art for the Emperor to wear a golden robe. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, that's why he. I'm assuming that's why they probably gave it to him. I don't like the look of it, but that's just me. Well, I so here's my thing. He's not. I like it because it sets him apart from being a Sith. He's kind of like, I'm a lord. You know, I'm kind of the high class, maybe more of a scholarly. He's really powerful in the Force, but he's more of a high class, kind of like Dooku was. Dooku didn't dress like a normal Sith per se. He kind of dressed a little more high class, right? 
I think Snow could be the same thing. He maybe comes from a rich family. He's just wearing a nicer gown. Yeah. Which I, I don't mind. You see the Praetorian Guards one almost looks a little feminine. Kind of looks like it has maybe. some curves or something. Uh, Torture and Ray. Always fun. I like that. Same thing every time. Just make her get inside her head. This scene. I... I it, so this she, is our, this is our debate. She is way too calm. Look at all the smoke in the background and the embers. There would be embers, and his face is like flashing. Like let me scroll back. Like it flashes with like active fire around her. Him, hers does not. Hers is a constant. Like it's a, like it's almost just like a, a light of sorts. Um, so I definitely don't think this is the same scene. I think she's talk. I think this is the point where she convinces Luke to train her. Um, um so here's my. I think it's com- great. Here's misdirect. my composition. Here's my compromise. I mean, I think they are on the same planet. I just think they're in some type of maybe like a Mustafar type planet, where it's kind of like all lava, kind of fiery, right? Because if you look at him, he has that same orange tint that Ray has on her face. I think Ray might just be far. Let's say they're by like a lava pool or something. Ray's just a little bit farther away from it, so it's not like the full effects on her face. Because back to back, it looks to me that they're in the same scene. Because there's still that same orange glow, dark in the background. Same thing for Kylo. So I I think that they are in the same place, wherever that place might be. I'm thinking they're completely different. I'm thinking this is by a campfire with Luke asking him to train her. And I think, I mean, I don't, I'm not saying that he doesn't extend his hand to her and that they're not on the same planet. I think these two scenes are different, though. Me, personally. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's the that's the Last Jedi trailer. It was a great one. I mean, it... It was pretty darn fantastic, because it's way better than any of the Episode 7 trailers, because it doesn't give you absolutely everything that happens in the movie. Well, the Episode 7 trailer that they gave out uh, was phenomenal when we heard Han Solo speaking to Rey. Okay, it was great in a sense. It brought back nostalgia and the music. But as far phenomenal. as what they showed, I didn't think it was for besides nostalgia's sake. I didn't think what they showed is that. Impressive. I think this one is a lot more misdirecting than Episode Seven's was for sure. Maybe. Um. Uh, and real quick, I do want to ask the Star Wars Episode Eight uh, poster. Do you think it has a Vader thing to it or no? I absolutely do not. Some people are pointing out that the, yeah, that poster right there. I mean, it's I could probably pull it up, but so yeah, we're talking about like let me see if the I can... official poster that's been kind of released for Last Jedi, and it it's seems... a beautiful poster. Yeah, I, I agree. Is... It's great. I think it is. I can see where people might get the reminiscence of vader because it reminds me of the new hope poster with i think i believe it was new hope poster where it had vader as a center figure kind of how luke is now yeah we're talking about this this poster just so y'all can look at it real quick um essentially you know the top of luke's head is darth vader's helmet because it's kind of like curd and in the in a way that i can see how you might think of that i I personally do not see it, and I don't think it ha- is there at all. I think we're done with Vader. I I do too. I think maybe they I did think, that to maybe show he's tapped into the dark side. But I like the implication that Luke is not a Jedi. I mean, look at him. He's red yeah. and he's red and blue. So is the he's, whole poster. But... 
But see, but like, again, I think Luke is has found a counterbalance between the light and the dark side because like half his face is blue, half his face is red. Maybe that's just how it turned out, or maybe it's a subtle thing they put in there. But if you look at you know like a New Hope poster, I can see where you might compare Luke's figure in, in the Last Jedi poster to Vader's figure because it does seem very similar to me. Ah, uh, this one. Uh, I would think more like kind of like this one, or even like that one. You see where Vader's see, this, head is the, but, is the figurehead in the background. But this is Vader's helmet. You can tell it's Vader's helmet. I know, but then look, compare that to the curves in Luke's... I'm not saying like, it might not be anything, just a coincidence, but it kind of does seem like that. Vader, you know, battled with the dark and the light side through most of his life. Or not most of his life, but through the majority of his life. Luke kind of maybe does the same thing, where he's a balance between the dark and the light side. But looking at this poster, and if you look at the bottom, it even looks like the planet itself that they're on with the Scriff writers or whatever the hell. I'm, I think those things are called Scriffs. I think that's what I'm thinking of. Maybe. Um, have you found out what the planet is called? No, I can't find it anywhere. Just look up Episode look Eight Planet. I looked up everything. Episode Eight Planets. I'm sure it's on StarWars.com. I'll guarantee it. Um, it even looks like the the planet itself is looking like that battle versus found it yeah it's it looks like crate crate that's i'm just gonna say it's crate yeah it's c-r-a-i-t crate yeah okay kuwait it's close you can understand where i got it i yeah close enough but if you look at the bottom like the red and the white contrast it almost looks like the planet's like bleeding and it looks maybe it's i think this movie is going to be brutal i think it's going to be really dark i think it's going to be Chock full of all types of symbolism. I think it's going to be a lot darker than even Episode Eight. I think it just this movie is just going to kick your ass. Be darker than Episode Eight, or darker than Episode Five. Sorry, <laughs> jeez. I mean, you know, yeah, but, it is what it is. Which they've kind of said from the beginning. Everything about it, every like promotional, everything about it has shown it's a dark. It's a darker movie. It's a little bit more gritty. They tried saying that. Um, um, you know, this movie isn't as dark or whatever, but just from what I've seen, even this poster. Yeah, just the promotional stuff for it. They're making it out to be a pretty damn dark. I mean, I would not be surprised if and this look, movie all... was a contender for rated R. Contend, like, I don't, consider. I don't think it's going to be dark in that sense. I think it's going to be more I... themes behind it. Not necessarily it's going to be super violent or anything like that. It's just going to be more kind of a dirty gritty darker themed movie because well, episode three was a contender to be rated r because of the slaughter of children did you know that yeah i guess yeah it I was almost true. released as a rated r film i i'm what i'm saying is is it it's not the esrb because that's video games who does the mpaa i believe i would not be surprised if they saw this film because i mean we're gonna from what that flashback looks like we're gonna see the slaughter of the academy and all those kids and all, you know, the bodies and whatnot. See, but I don't think we're going to see the, like, in episode three, you kind of see a lot of that. Yeah. I don't think you're going to see as much in this. I think it's going to be more... It's going to be hinted at. But even right. those hints at, like, mass child slaughter, like, let's, you know, I mean... Maybe, What yeah. I'm saying is the MPA or whatever it is. I think it's N, it'd be N, right? Cause it'd be national. No, I think it's the motion, motion picture... Something association. The NPRA, Motion Picture Rating so. Association. I don't know. Um, anyway, uh, 
but no, I mean, Motion Picture Association of America. I, okay. I think that's who rates him, but let me just double check. Uh, yeah, that symbol look. I mean, it's on every yeah. single movie ever. Um, no, but I, I, I definitely think this movie was looked at just from promotion wise and said, hey, you could, we could push this into yeah, being it's, rated it's the R. MPA that, okay, yeah, that was right as always. Uh huh. But um, I mean maybe. I can see if they have some scenes like that. Just again, the promotion. I mean, this this poster right. alone is showing me. I, that and if this you look is... at them, a lot of them, you know, you look at Kylo with the scars. Ray has a, an injury on her arm. Yeah, what is? They're that? like battle. They've been through battle. Mm-hmm. So I think again, even just going from the promotion, it looks like. Also, it looks like the uh, look like little vibro blades right there, maybe. Yeah, I think so. I think the Praetorian guards have some vibro blades. Vibro blades. Are they're still in canon? They're like yeah. They're just basically energy type blades, kind of. They're swords that are made that are electrically uh, like enhanced to do more damage. Yeah, they just have like energy things. kind of flowing through them. Yeah, so like, they're kind of like, like a milder lightsaber in a yeah. way. Yeah, and they can deflect lightsaber bolts and everything. Right, which is, so it makes sense that his guards would Snoke's you, guards would have them. You can see Snoke. Or, uh, Rose, which is the one of the new characters, see, Hux, General Hux, and I didn't realize this before, but uh, Kylo Ren's ship. Yeah, this is a beautiful poster. I love it. I love the stars. The stars at the top. The red is like painted on there. Mm-hmm. And Maybe. you can see the evil uh, BB-8. It's like BB-5 or BB-9 whatever. BB-9E. I want to say. Like I don't I think know. It's, it's like just that. a thing for toys. Like that's it. I'm. I don't care. Yeah, basically. I, I liked BB-8 enough. I didn't think I he was... I think cool design. Yeah, I like his design. It's simple. Yeah, so but if you haven't seen that trailer for Episode 8 or the poster for Episode 8, definitely go see, I mean, look you're at the looking ball. at the poster right now, unless yeah. you're audio, but, you know, let me sure we can <laughs> find a way to show you the damn poster. It's a, it's a beautiful, beautiful yeah, poster. Everything about it is really well done. Uh, yeah, so that's pretty much the whole trailer. Now... Ryan, my question for you. Okay, let me know. What is, now that we've gone through everything, we kind of talked some predictions. What is the thing you're most excited about seeing in episode eight? So you're going, we're going, we're both going to the midnight premiere, obviously. Yep. Probably going to see it three or four times in opening weekend. Yep, I got our tickets already. I want to know, going to the theater, what are you going to most be excited looking for? Seeing Luke, honestly, just seeing Luke back. I mean, growing up, I was always a fan of the bad guys. I was always the Darth Vader, the Darth Maul, the General Grievous, the Boba Fett, especially Boba Fett. Um, they were always my guys. Like, I loved the villains. But Luke, I loved, loved, loved Luke. And he's designed for you to love, love, love Luke. Because he's the average guy. You know, he's, he's, he's just thrown into the fray. And over the three films, you watch him grow as a person, as a Jedi. Um, But seeing Luke again, and honestly, I think the thing I'm looking forward to the least is seeing Leia. Um, For the sole purpose of, I'm probably going to cry. It's it's that's fair. Because even Ryan Johnson came out and said, "Look, guys, your your first viewing is probably going to be hindered, especially if you're a Star Wars fan, by the fact that Carrie Fisher is no longer with us." So you're going to see this character back on screen um, for the last time in cinematic history. Like, shut up. Um, it's going to be heartbreaking. Just even seeing her face. Even she's she could say hi. And it'd just be like, you're dead. Yeah, because it is like 
being kind of reminded of it and seeing her in, like it's different from her in our favorite right. role yeah yeah when i saw i'm mean, not gonna lie i'm man enough to admit that when i saw her in the trailer my mom and i cried yeah. it was i can see that it was heartbreaking you guys have been fans of her lo- longer than i have especially mom mom has been there since the beginning and uh, my mom is a big star wars fan not as big as us but she loves star wars i mean I got her a Star Wars tattoo. I got her to do it, so <laughs> I did it. And so I think that yeah, I can see that it's going to be difficult. It will be difficult for me because I'm not as emotionally attached to Carrie Fisher. I thought she was, you know, good actress, good person, and it's sad that um, she died. But I'm not as you know emotionally attached to her as I guess you are, yeah. which is fine. Like whatever. Yeah. Uh, and I guess pulling off of that. I do. I'm excited to see more Luke. But playing off that, what do you think they're going to do for Episode Nine with with Leia? I think she's dead, Nate. I think so too. I think they had enough time to rewrite a scene with her and kill her off. I think they had enough time from her death to in 24 days when the movies, or I guess you know, let's say like a month or two ago when they finished production, you know, post production. Um, to write her off. I don't think you're just gonna... I don't think they're just gonna start up episode 9 without her and never explain or say, oh, she was yeah, killed I don't in think some so mission. I think... See, here's my thing. I think from the beginning, before Carrie Fisher died, it's always gonna be that Leia died in 8. But I think how they're gonna do it is, you know, Han died in 7, Leia's gonna die in 8, Luke's gonna die in 9. They're gonna have that progression. Each movie, someone's gonna die. What about Chewie and the droids? Uh, who cares? <laughs> wow! Holy shit! Uh, no, they Rip. might they might kill Chewie. They'll probably kill Chewie in I eight think, or nine. I think Chewie and Leia are going in eight. Yeah, I and think, I think the droids and Luke. Are I going think in Chewie's nine. gonna not die in a spectacular way. He might, maybe he's gonna like sacrifice himself. He's gonna, I think he's gonna die in a space battle. I think the Millennium Falcon's also gonna go. I think so. Too. I think Chewie's gonna. I die. think they're gonna die together. I think yeah. he's gonna like ram it into ship or something and Just like sacrifice. Yeah. Right. So I think Leia's was planning to die at the beginning. <laughs> Eight, like in even eight, with all the comments saying he had a huge, she had a huge. Every, nine. I think it was all misdirection. You think? Here's my, cons- I'm gonna put on my conspiracy hat, which is a beanie in this case. That's what I'm wearing right now. You've been wearing that conspiracy <laughs> hat for a while. I've been building my conspiracy. No, uh, I'm my conspiracy is that they've been planning to kill Leia at, since the beginning. Killing Han in seven, huge shocker. No one really expected it except me, who saw you a got- leaked footage of it. Hours before I saw them, and you told me about it. I told you I didn't want to tell you, and you're like, no, 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 tell me. No, I said, listen, <laughs> I don't want to know about it. But you did want to know about it because I didn't. You said, okay, the <laughs> way you told me was like, I saw something with Han Solo, and I don't know if I should tell you. And I'm like, oh shit, he saw like him doing something cool, and you well, were like, no. yeah, it looked like a lightsaber blade through his chest. I'm like, <laughs> what the fuck, Caleb? <laughs> What? Well, and I didn't know. I, I didn't instantly think it denied real. it. I was like, "Nope, not gonna happen. No way. They wouldn't do that." Sure as shit. Did. That <laughs> night. Yeah. Mom was hours before we saw. Them. Mom was gripping my hand like <laughs> that when that scene happened. I mean, her and I were in tears for the rest of the film. That's why I had to go back and see it again because when Han Solo died in seven, <laughs> I was. It was the only time I ever regretted being right <laughs> yeah i mean you i was i i think i looked at you at one point 
with a death glare. <laughs> I remember that. Because, like, for the most part, I was holding my mom's hand, and she it felt like she was giving childbirth because she was just <laughs> destroying my hand. Um, yeah. But I looked at you at one point, and I was like, you son of a bitch. Hey, it was a cool scene, though. It was, it was, it was a done pretty beautiful well. it was cool scene. scene. Yes, it was predictable. But I think if it was any other film, I think it would have been a problem. But the fact that it's Star Wars, you automatically feel something for a good character like that dying. Yeah, but I also think, I don't think it was super predictable. Like, I think it, not knowing what it was going in, it could have gone either way. Well, I knew it was going to happen when I saw him looking out to Ben and he called. He, he I knew the second he said it, he was going to die. I knew. <laughs> so that gives it about a two minute window before it happened. I think for the moment, it was so beautifully shot with like the red, like when the sun goes out and it gets dark and it's just that red light illuminating on them. It's so cinematic and beautiful. I think it overshadows the fact that it's a bit predictable. Um, I don't think it's a problem that it's predictable because, you know, I mean, we all saw Obi-Wan dying. Like, I think I saw it coming. Yeah. And you can kind of see it coming for a little bit. And it kind of mirrored that, you know, that sacrifice of, hey, Ray and... I mean, he didn't know Ray and Finn were watching, but Kylo did. Um, but I think it was it was so beautiful. And the fact that you knew this character for 40 years, I think kind of helped with the fact that, yes, it could be considered predictable. Okay. Yeah. But it's still so, had meaning behind it. But, yeah. No, I think uh, this film, I think Chewie is going out with the Falcon. I, think I don't so. think they need it. I think the because from what I've heard, Disney is done with the Star Wars saga after this. That's what I've heard. I think Bob Iger, the uh, CEO of Disney, has come out and said this is it. These three films. They need need something else. Anyway, real quick, back to my theory. Sure. My conspiracy theory. No, 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 it's okay. It's okay. Uh, Um, yeah, Han Solo died in seven, right? Huge impact, big meaningful thing, right? They gotta up the scale. This is a new movie. They got to up the scale. Everyone's going to see nine, right? Do you think they killed Leia? Do you think they killed Carrie Fisher? Is that what you're about to suggest? They fucking killed Carrie Fisher. No, not, no. But I want to put it past them. I want to put it past Disney. What the fuck? <laughs> That's why they killed Heath Ledger for Dark Knight. To what? Me. <laughs> no. He just straight up died. No, but no, everyone no, 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 was no, no, so no, not no, looking no. forward to him being the Joker, and then he ended up being the best. No, no, no. Anyway, second best one. Yet. Anyway, so. They need up the scale, right? So what they do, they play it. I think they, from the beginning, they're like, okay, we're going to kill Leia. And Carrie Fisher's like, yeah, you know, I agree. But I think knowing what I know about Carrie Fisher, don't know her so well, but I think she'd be like, let's make it the biggest gotcha in history. They that ha- sounds like They sound have like all Fisher these comments like, yeah, she's in a huge role in Nine. You know, she's super important. All throughout the rest of the trilogy, right? That's why this right? is so tragic is because she had a whole other right. film to be in. But they're like, Oh, you know, they, they had all the film, you know, all the movies shot and finished before she died, which, you know, a little, a little suspicious, but I'm not going to go into that. But they had it all done, right? And I think she has a, she just might have a big role in eight, but I don't think it's a lot. I think she has a lot of major scenes, but she definitely dies in eight. And they're like, oh, we don't know what to do with nine. Like, they take, you know, they're saying, like, we don't know what to do with nine, whatever. I think because she died in eight, so they're but they can't say it because what are they gonna say if she's like, yeah, don't worry about nine, she's not in it. They can't yeah. say it. that spoils it. Yeah. So the only and they can't say no comment because it's like you have to comment on it. Yeah. It's a huge death, huge character in the series. They have to say something about it. So like, yeah, 
she's a huge part of nine. Maybe she's in a flashback in nine or something like that, which was done during the filming of eight. I think she definitely dies in eight. They just can't say it, so they're playing it up like maybe how Carrie it's Fisher bit, would have wanted it's, it. It's a bit fucked up, but it's definitely from. But, I mean, from what I've heard, it's a Carrie Fisher thing. Right. To do. I think about before she died. They. I don't think they expected her to die, even though they might have killed her. But we're not gonna get that. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> no, you're so awful. It's a huge part of like, yeah, she's like, I my character's gonna die. She comes to peace with it because you know the character's been going on for a long time. You know, almost forty years. She's like, yeah, it's time. I understand. So she sets it up. She's like, yeah, let's make it the biggest gotcha in history. Really fuck with people. That sounds like a Carrie Fisher thing. Right, absolutely. It really does. And then, unexpectedly, she died. Huge tragedy. Huge, like, they didn't expect it at all, I don't think. And like, well, we're going to stick with it. It's what she wanted before her death, so it's probably what she wants after her death. I would explain why the family isn't... I'm sure the family knows, like, hey, Disney's or whoever was like, listen, she's not in nine. She died in eight. We can't tell people that. So it kind of ruins her whole thing. And so don't let her, you know, be... So I think that... Are you saying that's kind of why they didn't allow her to be uh, digitally remastered or whatever maybe, in 9? Maybe they're like, we're not comfortable with that, which is fine. And they're like, yeah, they can use the flash... Again, I think they recorded flashback scenes in 8, like during filming 8. Maybe Kylo has them or something like Some that. Some extra scenes for 9, right. just in case or whatever. Just like... Again, things playing, but she's already her character is dead in nine. I think nine ends. Someone killing Leia or Luke. I mean, Leia's dead. Someone's probably gonna kill Luke. I don't think he's gonna survive to the end. I think Leia, Han, or sorry, Leia, Chewbacca, and the Millennium Falcon all get. I love destroyed. that the Millennium Falcon is a character. I love that we're referring right. to it as I mean, a character. The it's, way it's, it's portrayed. Oh, it absolutely is because like you know everyone just talks to it, and you know Han Solo constantly talked to it. Right. Let me ask you a question though. Of the new characters, do you think anyone's going to die in 8 or 9? We'll go 8 for now. So, that's a good question. I... This is my favorite flavor, by the way, of these, of the three. We're drinking... Uh, Mount, green label. Green label. I don't think I've had this before. It's really good. I've had the white and black label. They're okay. I like the black and the green. Yeah, this podcast sponsored by Mountain nope. Green Label. <laughs> this is the first ever episode. We don't have sponsors. <laughs> we don't have viewers. <laughs> All right. Uh, that's fine. So... <laughs> I don't think anyone, any new character is going to die in eight. I think. I think Finn is. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go. Ahead. Oh, shit. Uh, hold on. There no, we're good. Oh, yeah, cool. No, we're good. We're good. The computer went to sleep, and I thought the yeah, computer crashed. Uh, no, I think that this baby's. Baby. I don't think they're gonna die. I think nine is when people are gonna die. Would you consider Hux the main character? Hux, Hux is definitely gonna die. I don't know if in this one or in nine. I, I think, think he's gonna die. I think him and. So you don't think okay in episode eight no new character is gonna die. I any new character like the like I guess let's like say the main from character, seven. Okay, uh, I don't see any of them dying because no, I can't see either of them dying. I don't. I think it's too soon, and Disney's really banking on okay these are your, like new toys, new characters, whatever, new heroes. I don't think they're gonna kill any of them. If they were to kill one, I think it would be Poe. I think if anyone has the best chance of dying, it's Poe because he doesn't use lightsaber. Not as cool. You're wrong. And okay. here's why. <laughs> right, I, was, I was setting myself up for that forever. Um, I think Finn. I think Finn's going to go down. In eight? Uh-huh. Okay. And I think it's going to be a tender moment between him and Phasma. I think they're going to fight and they're going to talk to each other. And... 
Because in the lore, in the book, it was explained that Phasma really looked to Finn to be like her her almost replacement. She almost shadowed Finn. Um, like, watched over him and made sure he progressed in the First Order. Um, <laughs> um, I think they're going to have a tender moment. That ship looks like it's fucking blowing up. I think it's going to be that final moment where they confront one another. I think Finn's going to kill Phasma, and I think they're both going to go out with the ship. I think Finn's done. Um, I think Leia's done, and I think Chewbacca and the Millennium Falcon are done all in eight. Because I think this film, like I said, I think this film's going to be dark. I think it's going to, and I think Ryan Johnson's going to do some stuff that you you just didn't think was just going to happen. Well, here's my counteroffer for that. Again, I think from a marketing standpoint, they put so much marketing into, you know, Ray toys, Finn toys, Poe toys. I don't think anyone's going to die in this film. I think if they do, it'll be a nine. And the reason why I'm not agreeing with that is just because this is the last... I'm almost positive this is the last trilogy for the main saga. The Skywalker... The Skywalker saga. Yeah. And that's the reason why I think Ryan Johnson said, all right, listen. He said everyone down was like, look, this is it. We can't play it safe. This character's dead. This character's dead. We're writing the go story big, that. Go home. Exactly. I, I agree. I think. Be, I don't think eight is going to be. A, I think nine is going to be the big shitstorm. Everything happens. But the problem with if people die in nine is you don't want to overkill, which is why you need to spread it out. And that's why I think a new character and one or two old characters are going to die in eight because we had. Um, Han Solo, he was the he was an old main character, and he was a pretty big character in Force Awakens. Yeah. Die in seven. Um, I think eight Finn is a lot more pronounced. I think with the disappointment behind Phasma, she doesn't have too much to live up to. Um, so I think Ryan Johnson saw that and said, "Yeah, let's make her badass, but let's have her go out with a bang." Same with Finn. He ended Force Awakens as a bit of a badass. Let's yeah. have him go out with a bang alongside of the person that has been watching over him, training him, and focusing. I wouldn't be surprised if those two were the only characters that died. Even if Leia didn't, even if Chewbacca doesn't, I would not be surprised. Maybe. Um, and the only, re- and I understand marketing. You can still market Finn toys because you know I'm. I'll guarantee you they're gonna. Finn's gonna show up in like Rebels or another animated short or you know cartoon yeah. or the live action series. Maybe, maybe. So can Phasma. Phasma's already got a book of her. It was actually really good. Um, uh, I think because Finn has not been getting as much attention as I think, like marketing wise. Yeah, he's got some toys. Hasn't had a book of him. Ray had a book or Ray had like a small book, I think. Phasma's now had a full feature length novel. Hux has a no- Hux has a book, not very big. I don't think Finn has been marketed. I think Finn's not being as marketed because he's not going to be around as long as Ray, which is why she's the focus, not Finn, not Phasma, not Hux. I would not be surprised if we saw say F- okay. Hux, Finn, Phasma, Lay, and Chewie. All right, I think you're completely wrong, but those, hey, you those, know what? You're entitled to your opinion. Those are my five. <laughs> so you're just saying you're just saying two I, old characters. I think yeah, two old characters. Not even Phasma. I mean, maybe, okay, maybe Phasma, Phasma, but okay, I, I if, can see I think, too. I think they'll have to kill Phasma, maybe in a cool way. 
died, quote-unquote died. Such a bad way in episode Her seven. whole role in episode seven was awful. Completely awful. Character was literally thrown in the trash. Dun, dun. <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, episode eight, things we were here. Redemption, like, okay, I have to make her the badass character she was portrayed to be, or supposed to be portrayed to be in episode seven. I do think there's a possibility she might die, might not. I'm not really sure. I don't see them killing any new characters in 8. Maybe Hux, maybe Phasma. I think the majority of it is going to be in 9 when they have an all-out, some type of all-out war or conflict that decimates both sides. So maybe it ends with literally just Kylo and Rey being the only ones left from the movies. So you don't even think Kylo or Rey are going to die? I don't see them either of them dying. I see Kylo dying. Explain. And I think it's gonna be it's has to it's absolutely a nine. Um, yeah, I, it can't can't kill many. I think with the fact that this is the last Skywalker. If okay, here's the thing: if they don't kill off these characters, we know that they are planning more films in the future for them. Okay, if they do, then we know that this is the end. Which I think, if they truly want this to be the last these last two films, I truly believe. That Disney is willing and fully able to accept the fact that you can market the shit out of dead characters. Look at Game of Thrones. It's true. Like some of the most beloved characters on Game of Thrones mm-hmm. are people that are dead or close to death or have died and come, you know, stuff yeah. like that. I think if they truly want this to be the end of the Skywalker saga, I think a lot of them are going to have to go. And I think with eight, you can get rid of a lot of the minor characters like Finn, Poe. Phasma and Hux. I think those would be like and Chewie, maybe Leia. I still think Leia has a shot at being somewhat in nine because I know that they filmed some stuff for nine, and I hope that they filmed enough to get rid of her in a decent way if she is in nine. Mm-hmm. Um, I think at least one or two. I think at least one old character and two new characters are going out in eight. Whether they're like minor like Hux or major like Finn, I think someone's got to go if they truly so, want this to be the end of the Skywalker here's saga. Here's my counterpoint, which is why I think if deaths, major deaths happen on a grander scale, it's going to be a nine. Well, let's say an eight, they kill... You know, maybe they just kill a whole bunch of different characters, minor and major, doesn't matter. They're going to have to fill those roles somehow. Because if you have episode nine being about three characters... Like from a story aspect, that might not that doesn't necessarily make sense. It's hard to make a, s- a story with where you have three major characters spanning across galaxies. So they're gonna have to fill those characters, and then I think nine. You're right. They're gonna have to kill off more characters. So, so it seems like kind of a cycle thing, where it's like, and it's not again. Nine has to be. I think they're gonna want it to be as huge, grand scale, end all, end all movie. They're going to try and make it, I think, the best out of any Star Wars movie ever and put in everything they can to it. And if you diminish the, the shock value of killing a bunch of characters by killing a bunch of characters in 8, not going to have the same value in 9, I don't think they're going to want to do that. But if you save more of the main characters for 9, their deaths are more impactful. And let's look at this. They're introducing, I think, two more characters, Rose and Guillermo del Toro's character who's supposed to be like a bad guy or something like that. Um, let's go through the characters we have. We have Chewie, Luke, Leia, C-3PO, R2-D2. And those are it for the originals. 
Okay, that's a lot of characters to start getting rid of. Okay, new characters: Ray, Finn, Poe, Hux, Phasma, Kylo Ren, Snoke, and am I missing any? Rose, and then Gil yeah. del Toro. I'm not saying all five of the characters I named have to die in eight. What I'm saying is, is that those are five that I could see die in eight and not be as surprised because you have to kill off the old characters or at least right. get rid of them, which is why I don't even know if Luke is necessarily going to die as much as he might just go back into hiding. He might stay on his I think they have to kill him, though, at nine because it's like it can't leave it open like that. I think they have to do it. Right. So here's my <laughs> thing, though. Again, back to the shock value. You, you kill Han Solo in, in seven, right? Huge shock. No one really expected it until that scene. You start off eight, and in the movie, you kill Leia or Chewie, whoever. You're still killing off the old characters, right? And you open up at nine, you start killing these new characters. You know, Hux dies, maybe even like Poe dies, Finn dies, whoever dies. You're killing off these new characters who they've had for now two movies. It's. Again, it's a different kind of shock value because so you kill off new characters in eight and then old characters in nine, you've still seen old characters die, like in seven, and I think they have to save they have to save that something different, like killing off a new character for episode nine. I don't think they can do it in eight and nine. And you're right, I think they're gonna have to kill off the old characters. I think eight is the best one to do it. And I'm 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 <clears throat> I'm agreeing and also disagreeing at the same time. I think I think episode 8 and 9 is a good place for both. And the only reason I'm saying this is because they want this to be the end of the Skywalker saga. I don't think... I'm not saying every character is going to die, because I don't think so. I think Finn's going to get a uh, standalone film. I think Rey probably will. Um, Because, I mean, Ryan Johnson's new trilogy just says a new area of the Star Wars universe with new characters. But who's to say that Rey and Kylo aren't going off into the unexplored regions to form their own... They don't show up somewhere, yeah. Yeah, like, so, I'm not saying every character is going to die. What I'm saying is you need to get rid of... If you're going to get rid of old characters and you want this to be the end of the Skywalker film, there's plenty of minor but new characters that you can still get rid of that don't have as much impact as, say, Rey or uh, Poe apparently is massive in this film. Um... You know, if you just get rid of, even if it's just Finn and Phasma in that last glorious battle between, you know, two uh, forces, you know, and that's it, you know, you still, and let's say Leia, you know, that's three characters dead, those are shock values, but you're not missing anything from Phasma because you still have Ren and you still have Hux, or if they get rid of Hux, you still have Phasma and you still have Ren. If they get rid of Finn, you still have Poe and you still have Rey and Rose, and, you know, if you get rid of Leia, you still have, say, Chewie and Luke and the droids. Um, there, there's not too many roles. And the reason why I don't... If they go out all out in Episode Nine, this is one of the reasons why I don't... I can see Leia not dying in 8. Is because you're going to need that leader. And either, and either Poe steps up to the plate or Leia does. Or did. So I don't think Poe's going to die, but I think Leia... Finn and Phasma, I would put... Alright, let's do odds. Let's do some odd <laughs> games. Okay. I would put, of my five, Chewie, Leia, Finn... Uh, of my four, Finn and Phasma, I'd put 80 to 20 odds on Leia. 
70 to 30 odds on Chewie and 60 to 40 for Phasma, 30 to 70 on Finn. I will concur. That's about that's pretty much where I'm at right now. Yeah. I'm thinking like the odds are Leia and Chewie are going to die in, in eight. There's slight odds that maybe Phasma or Finn will, but I don't think it's as likely as the other two. I think I think Phasma's a bit more likely just because she like people liked Finn in episode yeah. seven, and I did too for the I mean for the most for most part. So she she doesn't represent a whole lot except for a female villain, which I mean yeah, but we already have a female lead hero right so we don't need a female lead villain for the sake of just having one yeah Yeah. so i think she's more likely to be killed off um and also i think hux is i think it's going to be episode nine going into speculation nine (laughs) hux and the first order poe uh poe and the resistance all out planetary and ground battle Um, huge massive scale like we've never seen before and that's one reason I might not even think Chewie's going to die. So I think the Millennium Falcon might have to lead the I fight think, one see, more here's time. What I, think. I think you're right. It's going to be kind of what you're saying, right? But what's going to happen is 9, I think there's going to be a space battle going at the same time. There's a land battle. I think it's going to happen on the same planet, too. Yeah, Finn's going to be leading the Resistance on the ground. I think Finn? I think oh, Finn's on the ground. On the ground, yeah. Okay. Poe's going to be in the air. Not maybe piloting a ship at this point, but or maybe leading, piloting a ship, but also leading troops, them. Yeah, yeah. Being like a, both of them are commanders, because Finn's more of a ground person than, and Poe's like obviously a, yeah. an aerial guy, and then Ray is kind of would be like the special forces where like she has a specific mission she has to complete, to end the conflict or whatever, something along those lines. And that maybe. way we're still kind of keeping in line with the multiple viewpoints of the Star Wars. Right, thing. and again, which I don't think you can, because you know if you get rid of. You know, a whole bunch of those characters, and then in nine, you have to you introduce some random character like, oh, here's this new leader of the resistance. Like, yeah, I don't care about them. I don't know who they are. They might set that up for Rose, though, too. Maybe, yeah, that's true. They could set her up for that. Um, but either way, I think I'm really excited for episode eight. I think it's gonna be awesome. I think eight is gonna be. I'm a li- I'm still a little worried. It's gonna be too similar to ESB. Just because the way Seven went, I know Ryan Johnson's been, you know, everyone's been praising him on the crew. Yeah. You know, Disney has been appraising him. He's getting his own Star Wars trilogy. Like, that's incredible. I'm still worried because we have so many similar themes. I think, yeah, healthy skepticism. But I don't... See, I think you're right. There's some similar things. Because, you know, Empire Strikes Back is usually considered a little bit of the darker of the original trilogy. But I think you can still have a dark trilogy or a dark movie in a trilogy. Yeah, it's maybe the second of the trilogy like Empire Strikes Back was, but I think you could have a completely different story and setting and everything completely different, but you can still have similar themes. That's oh, no, fine. I agree, and that's what I'm hoping for. But we also hope for the same thing with Force Awakens. You know, it, mm-hmm. it started to look pretty similar to New Hope before it came out. We were like, well, we hope, you know, it's, it's different. Like, we hope Starkiller does something more than just blow up planets. Nope. That's all it did. <laughs> Like, I honestly hoped, and this this was my kind of original idea that I thought that they would have been cool, is if it stripped the, uh, the Force away from a planet. Right. Because that's what uh, a character in the old EU, Darth Nihilus, did. Like, a single character stripped entire worlds of the Force and consumed it. That's why he was so powerful. Anyway, um, I thought that would have been cool. So it's... 
me as a skeptical person, I'm very pessimistic and like, you know, I hate everything. It's fine because I'm the optimistic one, so we have to balance each other out. Exactly. The light and the dark. I am worried about it. I'm hoping that Ryan Johnson just says, "All right, there's similar themes, completely different in every single right. way," which I think is totally fine. Yeah. That's, no, I'm no, absolutely wrong with that. I would. And I've said this since Force Awakens came out. I'd prefer it to have similar themes, like all, like even the prequels had similar themes, but have a completely different story, different planets, new mm-hmm. things added to it. Which is, um, you know, how trilogy should be. That's they should keep the same themes but have completely different stories. Yep, yep for the most part, absolutely. No, so, um, talked a lot about Episode Eight. Any speculation? Any more speculations for Nine? Not for me. How about you? I'm I'm good. I think that's honestly. I'm now. I'm just waiting for it to come out in like 25 days or whatever. With the scene from the trailer of Finn and Phasma, I'm almost certain one of them is gonna die. And I think you know, it's most likely it's gonna be Phasma again, a throwaway character. She kind of is at this at this point, right? Yeah. Unless he can completely change her around in a I, him being Ryan Johnson. I, I don't think it's a minor character. She's cool and everything. She was marketed, but she was never portrayed to be the giant antagonist. Right. Like she was always just kind of like, hey, this even, is the Boba Hux Fett. Even is more of an yeah. antagonist than she Yeah, is. like everyone was like, oh, General Hux, dude, he's going to be major. Like he's going to be seen. He's in like two scenes. Yeah, but he was an impactful scene. He's like, he was awesome. hey, he's just a cool scene. He was awesome. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I think Phasma's like, yeah. You know, again, we kind of saw her die, quote unquote, in seven. Really wasn't a big deal. She's back in eight. Not a huge deal. Real quick, we haven't talked about it. Do you think Snoke is anybody that we've seen before, or do you think he's a new character? I think he's a new character. I don't think they're going to... They've already... I don't think he's going to be, like, you know, a prequel character or anything like that. I think it is going to be a... Maybe, like, his origins we've seen before. So he, you know, whatever, grew up on this planet that we've seen before. Right. And I was like, oh, okay. He was like, oh, he was royalty on this planet. But you don't think he's planet. a character that we've seen before? No, I know there's a lot of theories like, oh, it's, you know, Palpatine's clone. Or, or Mace Windu or something like Or Mace like Windu, that, yeah. right? Which is my favorite theory. Why? Uh, <laughs> so dumb. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> anyway, uh, it makes total sense. Um, but, yeah, I don't see him being it. Because I think it's just that's too much of a cop-out. They're I like, so too. oh. At this point with how... Because I think they've done a good job tying it in to the original trilogy, like prequels in some yeah. sense. And I think just forcing it in, like, oh, yeah, this is the ch- the Chancellor from Episode 2. Right. Like, oh, jeez. Uh, right, that guy. <laughs> I mean, well, that would make sense. He saw the rise of the Empire. He right. was dethroned. I, but I think it's going to be – we know – we're familiar with where his origins are, but we've yeah. never seen him before. So, again, he might be some type of royalty on a planet or – empire we've heard of and kind of seen but we've never actually been exposed to him as a character i don't so i don't like believe in the theories like oh yeah he's this guy who went through these changes or whatever real quick one more question before we move on like we said this is gonna be a bit of a longer one but i have to ask are you still as confident (laughs) that ray is a skywalker as you were before the force awakens that's a good question because you and mom okay a little trivia for you fans for the new fans out there you know all zero of you um <laughs> when we we did a couple of star wars podcasts before this just kind of like just test ones just here and there before force awakens and one before rogue one and before the force awakens you and mom were almost a hundred percent 
on Rey being a Skywalker. And you guys even thought, like, brother and sister with Kylo, stuff like that. And, I, you know, I've always been on the opposite side. I said, nope, no way she is. They're not going to cop out that much because Luke is still in the picture. Leia was still in the picture. And Ben Solo is technically a Skywalker, so he's still in the picture. So it's okay. I always thought it's okay for Rey to be her own character, which you guys disagreed on. It was it was a friendly debate. I don't think there's anything wrong with her being in her own character. I think, but it's are you not still probable. as sure? I am more so sure now. Seriously. <laughs> so here's why. We're, again, we've talked about a lot about the Ryan Johnson trilogy. We're gonna t- go talk about that more in depth a little bit next. Yep. But the fact that they're moving on, they're trying to move on from this new trilogy, and the fact that there's. You know, there's an animated show that has Rey in it. There's all this stuff that has Rey as a centerpiece. I do think they're going to reveal that she is a Skywalker because, again, this is a Skywalker saga. And if it, it'd be odd in a thematic way that it, the new trilogy has a main character who's not a Skywalker because it doesn't necessarily... It doesn't really match up with the other two trilogies. So I think there are going to... Re- real Ray's origins in this because I think they have to. Yeah. I, I like absolutely. setting like pushing it off to another movie is like kinda like, okay, that's like it's a little too much. You guys are like trying even to force like, it yeah, on even each if other. It's not like answer. fully like developed. Even a little it's gonna be a lot just more even if you know you were an orphan I picked up. Like right. even just something as simple as a statement. Yeah, because I don't And I think that's how they're gonna do it. I don't think it's gonna be a big reveal like Vader. I think it's Luke going to be like, I've never met you before. Or, or, you know, you were an orphan I picked up on or, Jakku and then dropped think, back off. Yeah, I think Luke's like going to be... I think... Yeah, I, I'm not saying that maybe not his birth daughter, because that might not be true. Could be something, that, again, like an adopted daughter. He pulled in to... Like, Luke just found some time. Pulled in the, Whatever, right? Yeah. You know, whatever happens. I do think he's somehow related to Luke in some aspect. I just think because they have to... And I know you kind of disagree on that, but considering the fact that I know one of your objections to this is that if you have Rey not be a Skywalker, you're setting up kind of a new era, right? Mm-hmm. But the fact that they're moving on from this era, I think means can kind of more confirms it. Like, yeah, she's a Skywalker. This is the Skywalker trilogy. After this, completely different trilogy. You're wrong, <laughs> and I'll tell you why. <laughs> If they're moving on from, and here's the thing, if they're moving on from the Star Wars, uh, from the Skywalker saga, why would you introduce another main Skywalker to be the lead of a, of a new trilogy? Or even if she's not even in the new trilogy, if you introduce another main Skywalker, you're setting yourself up for not only more Skywalker films, but I think you're setting yourself up for the same repeats of the same story over and over again. We have three Skywalkers still alive to this point. We, and even yes, Kylo is a lot more prevalent in the in this sequel trilogy than Vader was in the originals, uh, and I think that is because he is the new Skywalker. Yes, he's not a. Actually, he is. Leia is his mom. She is a Skywalker. His his force powers come from being a Skywalker, not a Solo. Exactly, definitely not a Solo. I mean, well, there is that theory, but I think it's dumb. No, I, um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll but cast. I think the whole purpose of um, Ray is to set up a new, not even a new family, because 
think about it. We knew Luke and Leia's last name. We knew Han's last name right from the get-go. Finn didn't have a last name because, you know, Poe gave him the name. But we knew Poe's last name. Uh, we don't know Snoke's last name because he might not even have one. He's just a t He's got a title that we've ever heard, Supreme Leader. Kylo Ren, Ben Solo, Leia Organa, or Leia Skywalker, either way. I think it's very important that she not be a Skywalker to set up enough, if she is, say, in the new trilogy or the lead of the new trilogy, to set up something not related to the Skywalkers because, again, you're falling into the same tropes as the original trilogy, the sequel trilogy, and the prequel trilogy. I think Kylo is our new Skywalker, and I think Rey is going to be just someone that will allow, that will almost be a gateway for Ryan Johnson's new trilogy. Maybe. Again, I don't. I. I am ten. I am ninety percent sure she's not. I would. Put, I would put money on the fact <laughs> that she's not a Skywalker. I just think. I think. I'm ninety ten right now. <laughs> for most aspects, I'm ninety. I'm ninety ten the other way that she is. For most aspects, I think that it just makes the most sense to do it. And I can see Disney just being like, yeah, we kind of have to do it this way. You know, whatever the case is, I do think it just makes the most sense. But I'm, I'm not opposed to her not being a Skywalker. I don't have a problem with she's not. I just think that most of the evidence kind of shows, yeah, she's in some capacity a Skywalker. Yeah, she turns out not to be a Skywalker, that's fine. I think it'd be cool either way. I don't see a problem with it either way. I think as long as they explain it well and they give her a cool backstory, it's all good. Because if there's no good reason for her being left in Jakku, that's when it's going to frustrate me. Because that's like the whole centerpiece of her story in 7 is like, oh, she got left on Jakku. I want there to be a good reason. Because <laughs> if there's not, that's going to upset me. I don't even think... Okay, I think if she's not a Skywalker, I literally think it's going to be a one-sentence thing Luke says that some people might not even realize is that, who the hell are you? I think it's going to be a question like that. He's not going to know who she is. I think they've hinted at that in the trailers. And that might be more misdirect, you know, him questioning her as she's training or whatever. You know, who are you? Are you a Jedi? Are you a Sith? Are you just Rey? Um, but I think, and this is kind of my closing statement, with them wanting to be, to move on from Skywalker films into more film, you know, spinoffs, a new seek, a new trilogy, stuff like that. I think it's important to have one new Skywalker and one new person that is and that's why, again, I think they're getting rid of the Jedi and Sith because they're op they're paving the way for new characters, new story arcs, and new things to happen in the Star Wars universe that we never even thought of. And I think that's why Jedi and Sith are no more. We have our main new Skywalker. It's, it's Kylo. Um, and I think Rey is her own person for that sole reason that we already have one. And again, I can see either way. It doesn't bother yeah, me either I mean, way. I, I can see her being a Skywalker. I'm a little bit more like hopeful that she's not than I think you are that she is. Um, like I hope that she's not, and I think you hope that she is, right? I, I yeah, I kind of like do hope she is. I'd like to keep it within the Skywalkers. Again, if she's not, whatever. It as long as it's done well. That's really my big thing. As long as it's done well, with any story aspect, I'm okay with it. Mm -hmm. If it's something that 
they just throw in there it doesn't make any sense i that's when i have a problem but if it's something that completely out of left field doesn't really make any sense at all but then they explain why it makes sense yeah that i'm, I'm totally okay with that yeah no i i i agree if if she's not i'm if she's not i i'm right and you're wrong as as always uh if she is um i just hope that they have a good reason for her to be you know what i mean like as far as we know luke was single luke never right. married or whatever so it i hope you know, maybe she's a stepdaughter or something like that. But I still hope that there is a good enough reason for her to either be a Skywalker or to not be a Skywalker. And I think if one person's going to answer that, it's going to be Ryan Johnson. Because if, if there's one thing J.J. Abrams is not good at, it's answering our fucking questions. <laughs> We're making an original movie. <laughs> hey, be- hey, bro, I need to copy your homework. Just uh, I'm not going to make yeah. it look like yours, okay? <laughs> Don't worry about it. Well... So are we it's gonna? True. So are, right. we, are we ready to move on a little bit? I'm good. I don't think we're gonna have anything else to say about episode eight until the f- it comes out. Twenty four days. And, I'm yep. so hyped. Which uh, is nice because this is a bi weekly podcast, and the next scheduled podcast comes out the weekend of the release. So we'll have plenty of time to have seen it twelve times before we <laughs> before we record this. Let's take that whole. Let's take my whole birthday, December. No, that'd be the next weekend. Let's take that whole Saturday. And just see it back to back to back to back. Go out to the counter and be like, hey, give us as many back to back showings as you can. Uh, so we're going to move on. Um, so so we've talked about our speculation for 8 and 9. Uh, we do have one topic kind of that we sort of talked about. But what are your hopes for the future of Star Wars after 9, even like before or even after Ryan Johnson's trilogy, which we're about to go into and kind of, you know, what, and you can see on screen what I'm talking about. Um, what are your hopes for Star Wars? I think or my wh- biggest hope for future Star Wars, I think mainly films. For now, I'm just going to focus on films. Again, playing into the Ryan Johnson thing. There, I want more film expanding the universe. Would, you know, okay, look at. A parallel to the Star Wars, which I think is a good parallel, is like the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Mm-hmm. It's gone from Iron Man, which you know took place in like what Before one that, state and one like another country, or yeah, Spider Man back in two thousand one, <laughs> and they've expanded to so much where you're getting movies. You know, you compare Ant Man to Guardians of the Galaxy, completely different places in the world, so but they're both expanding that the Marvel Universe. And I want Star Wars to do the same thing. They started doing it with Rogue One. Mm-hmm. They expanded it into... They expanded an era we already knew, which right. I think is a good stepping stone for what you're, exactly. what and you're getting Exactly. And again, into. they're making it... They start off with... Again, I think Rogue One's great because it's... Hey, here's a movie that is basically what you might see in like an extended universe book that mm-hmm. they could have written turned into a movie yeah which is great it's extending it it's not part of main trilogy it's a one-shot movie that's it which is because not all of us are book fans you know we not all of us like to sit down for you know eight nine hours and just read a book you know sitting down for two and a half hours and watching a you know movie is a lot you know easier or just more fun for someone like me personally i'm not a huge book guy um uh, like i haven't read all of the old eu i've talked to my dad with He's read every single old book. I mean, he owns them all. It's this dude's crazy. Um, he, 
you know, I've talked to them, I've read synopsis, I've gone on forums, you know, I've, I've looked over all this stuff. So that's how I know so much about the old EU. Uh, it's not from intense reading of all the books. It's from, you know, learning all the important knowledge and, you know, all the main stuff and kind of going from there. I, I like the idea of of more spinoff films to just even expand it, which is exactly what Han Solo film is not gonna fucking do. That can we know. We please not have that. Can yeah. we start a Kickstarter? That's a whole. We'll talk more about that on an episode getting closer to the release of that movie because I think it's what is it? Is it May? It's May next May, year. May, yeah. yeah. So we'll get we'll have another podcast about it because that's that's a whole thing. But briefly, I don't think you or I are at all excited for it. Not at all. Are you, yeah. Nope. This is the first Star Wars film in history that I am not looking forward to in the slightest. Yeah, pretty much. Anyway, yeah, I I think we're both on the same page. We, I'd like to see it more extended. Because, again, the, the extended universe has done a pretty good job of extending. Again, extended universe just books and comic books, stuff like that. Stuff you like, don't need to read, but it's It extends it's super the vision of, of the Star Wars universe. It gives you, ask, it gives you a view of... Of a planet you've only briefly seen and more detailed view mm-hmm. of like you know okay here's Naboo you kind of saw it in Phantom Menace but here's you know an outline of how the government works how this works whatever yeah and it's, it's not necessary but it's nice to see an expansion of the universe kind of like Rogue One you saw a lot of things in Rogue One that we've never seen in a Star Wars film before like the Rebel Council we'd never right or even know about the that. force being like seen as like a religion it's like we can have a whole podcast on rogue one which we might I do one day love that damn movie and i that's what i'm hoping for i guess especially with this uh, ryan johnson trilogy mm-hmm. i'm hoping that's where the future of star wars is going to go and with the promise that he's exploring a region of the star wars galaxy that we've never even seen before uh in old canon or new so let me just ask you a quick question. What don't you want from Star Wars? I don't want it to become a cash grab. Okay. I, in a bad cash grab. Okay. Like Men in Black 2 or 3. 3. Uh, 2 was not much. But yeah, Men in Black 3, total cash grab. But no, so like Marvel movies, they're making them because they make money, which is fine. That's how they're movies get made. They're making Star Wars movies because right. they make money. Exactly. Except with the But Marvel movies, I think keep having good quality there's still good quality movies they're still making a lot of money perfect they might be making oh like hey we need to push this movie out to get money and that's fine because it's still a good movie and i think for the most part star wars is doing the same thing yeah episode seven was kind of like mimic of episode four but i think in its entirety it was still a good movie it was still entertaining it had a lot of good visual aspects to it story yeah. was progressed well yep so it's still a good movie yeah, maybe it was a copy of something else. I'm more afraid, again, Han Solo story, Seems a little bit of like that where it's like, hey, how can we make money Yep. but not put in the effort? Yep. Rogue One, I think, might have been the same thing. Like, how can we make money? But I think Rogue One is more of a test for anything, like testing how, how would the general population react to a movie not in the main trilogy, per se. And I think it was done really well, made lots of money. The movie, the film itself was fantastic. <sighs> it's My, so good. I don't want... It's become when they're pushing out movies to get money that aren't good quality. Yeah. And I think, you know, and it's it's easy because I remember going back in Anaheim 2015 Star Wars Celebration. We went to a Rogue One panel. Um, and they were just, I mean, dude, this panel was like 30 minutes long because it was that far. It was that far behind in production where they couldn't even show us like who the actors were. 
They showed us concept art and what it, the movie was about. But Rogue One started off as a personal project from one of uh, like the executive producer of like the original trilogy. He's like some big guy. I don't remember. And he came up with the idea and he said, "Look, this is a this is almost a fan project." This is something that I just want to make. Whether or not we make more of stuff like this or not, he kind of just made Rogue One for the sake of he wanted to tell that specific story. Um, so I feel, and this is me personally, I feel like there's a lot more love behind Rogue One. Because uh, I, I, you know, I, watch, I love that damn movie. I watched all the behind the scenes for it. So good. Um, with Han Solo, I'm not seeing any of that. Right, especially, again... We'll get closer. I think we'll do a whole podcast just on it. Yeah. There was a lot. There's been a lot of production issues with it. Mm-hmm. You know, changing directors. Uh, I think new scripts and whatnot. New scripts, and I think you know a lot of reshots, stuff like that. I think just it, again, it seems less like a fan project, like Rogue One was, where it was kind of I think an experimentation, and they're mm-hmm. like, hey, we can keep doing this and maybe get money. And I think that's my fear is that it's going to go into a give me money for this film that is not good yeah no i agree and that's yeah i'm almost completely right and i don't want and i don't mind spinoff films you know i loved rogue one and i don't even mind character spinoffs like if they did a ray film what i don't want is for them to start making spinoff films for the sake of making spinoff that's what books are for but again like like, the phasma book i wouldn't (laughs) want to see a phasma film because i didn't like the character at all not interested. I mean, I've heard the book was really good, and it helps kind of flesh her out a bit. But I'm not going to go read it just because I don't care about her character at all. Um, but that's what the book is for. If you made a whole film, I probably wouldn't have made that much money because people didn't like the character. But here's my thing. Um, I'm with you on that for the most part, except I don't care. Really, I don't really care if they make a spinoff movie for the sake of making a spinoff movie. If it's a good movie that extends the universe. Again, I point to Marvel. They didn't have to make Ant-Man. They didn't have to make a Thor 3, which, by the way, is fantastic. You haven't seen Thor 3 yet? I haven't. I haven't seen the second one, so... You don't have to. Thor 3 is the best Marvel movie yet. Like, out of all of them, I think. My honest opinion. Guardians of the Galaxy. It's better than Guardians. I thought Guardians of the Galaxy is amazing. Thor 3 is better. What? It has all the good aspects of of Guardians of the Galaxy. misses all the good aspects of the rest of the movies into one. Anyway, they didn't have to make these spin-off movies. They didn't have to make Ant-Man. They don't have to be making a Black Panther movie, which is like a spin-off. He was in another movie, and they made a spin-off of it. Yeah. But as long as they're good movies, I don't care, because if they're good movies, they're extending the universe, they're enjoyable, and it's as if they're not a spin-off, that's fine. Again, I point... You look at Han Solo, where... Again, I don't want to judge it too much, because it's not out yet. I haven't seen it. But just from preliminary analysis, I guess, of what I have seen and what's out there doesn't look like a very good film no it looks like there's no love behind it right and i think again that's the case where it's a spinoff just to make money yeah. again and if that's the case I, i'm against that but if it's oh here's whatever even i don't know maybe like a general grievous movie that's not really something again with rogue one you didn't want rogue one you didn't know you need, you wanted rogue one it came out of it, you realize you wanted it all the time yeah i don't really want a general grievous movie i've never thought about it but if it comes out and it's this amazing like you know Braveheart type war movie about a revolution right. or something like that, and it's like I didn't know I needed this, but boys, this is awesome. Just because the movie itself can stand alone and it's great. If you want a General Grievous film, uh, the Clone Wars original 2005 special, right? 
best Grievous film you'll probably ever see or because him probably, kicking the Jedi's ass one of the only actually was so awesome. Only, <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so but I think no, that's. I, I think we're on the same page about that. Yeah, it's. I mean, with Marvel, it, it comes down to you know. But the thing with Marvel is that they're leading up to a big film with all of That's these true. characters in it. Whereas with Han Solo, it's just a movie to make money. Rogue One was a fan project, yes, to make money. All films are about making money. Yeah, for like 99% of them. But Han Solo, he's been in now four movies. We know Han Solo. We know the Han Solo we love. We, we know the actor who plays him. The new guy doesn't look anything like him, doesn't seem to embody Han Solo very well. All the production issues it's been having, it just seems like Disney needed something to put out in 2018 in between films and make a little bit of money on the side. I think it's going to flop. I don't think it's going to do very... I mean, it's going to make money, but I think the ratings are going to be bad. And I don't think it's going to make... Because Rogue One, I don't know exactly off the top of my head, but I believe it made a lot. Rogue One weekend. rivaled most. Uh, it didn't get, of course, it didn't get as high as Force Awakens. Right. But I'm pretty sure it right, and it came out in December. December's always been a bad month for movies. Um, but it rivaled a lot of other, like, big movies. Um, how much did it make? So, so Rogue One has the second best December opening weekend ever. It has a hundred. It made a hundred fifty-five million dollars in opening weekend. Right. That's really. You know who has the first, right? I do not. Force Awakens. Okay. Like yeah. Two hundred and yeah. Thirty. And it's for just December box offices. Oh, this is just opening weekend. That's this what. That's is, what. Is, no. So what I'm reading is this was uh, Rogue One has the second best December opening weekend ever. Yeah. Yeah. Right. December. Yeah. Uh, oh. Okay. Oh. So gotcha. Yeah. First is Force Awakens for December too, but it also is um, number one overall. It's made the most money out of yeah, any. So uh, December, that's not bad. Yeah, that's pretty good. So 100, say one hundred and fifty-five. One hundred fifty-five million in opening weekend. You know, that's, not bad. that's a lot. I mean, hell, it put a lot of other movies to shame. Yeah, even ones that came out in summer. So yeah. So I think I think Han Solo, based on what I've heard, and based that it just doesn't feel like a good film. Just from, like what we said, these pre, you know, we don't even have Previous a teaser of it right. yet. Right. Uh, I think it's going to flop. And I think, and I'm hoping that Disney is the kind of company to learn from mistakes and look at the, and hopefully look at, I mean, I don't want Han Solo to fail, but right. I'm thinking it's going to, I and want, I hope that know, they learn from it. If it's some super, it's more of like a classic, like pirate movie or something like that. Something along the lines of like, it's a pirate movie based in the Star Wars universe. Like Rogue One was a war movie based in the Star Wars universe. I think that works. Yeah, it could, I, could I, again, be Again, cool. like we just don't. I don't see that being the case. Just with what we're given. I see it being a, a, a mediocre film at best. Right. I'm I sure mean, it'll make a lot of money opening weekend. But I think the reviews and the general. I, I imagine it's going to have a pretty negative out general outcry right. if it flops. I'm hoping Disney's the kind of company that'll learn from that. Which I think they exactly they are. And I, I, I'm hoping. I mean, you'd think EA would learn Listen, not to be well, a piece of shit. But, <laughs> I mean, we're still talking about them. That's a different story altogether. EA is not Disney. So uh, those are kind of our okay. hopes for the future after, you know, Skywalker trilogy. It's... Let's, let's take a step back. Ooh. Let's take a step back 
and look at where the future is now, specifically with the Ryan Johnson trilogy that was just announced. Mm-hmm. So, as of November 9th, Disney announced Ryan Johnson, who is the director and writer, or one of the writers, for The Last Jedi, is going to be headlining a new trilogy of his own. Mm-hmm. So this is from the Star Wars official website. And this is what the, an article that they posted says. So, Lucasfilm is excited to announce that Johnson will create a brand new Star Wars trilogy, the first of which he is also set to write and direct with longtime collaborator Ram Bergman, on board to produce. As writer-director of Le- Last Jedi, Johnson conceived and re- realized a powerful f- film of which Lucasfilm and Disney are immensely proud. In shepherding this new trilogy, which is separate from the episodic Skywalker saga, Johnson will introduce new characters from a corner of the galaxy the Star Wars lore has never been before explored. Basically, he's going to make a brand new trilogy that contains stuff we've never ever seen. Which is, okay. Which is great. I love the idea. hold on. Before you you say anything. So you want the optimism to go first? No, no, no. Before you say anything, I just want more explanation. Uh... So it's been announced that the first movie in this trilogy, Ryan Johnson will direct. But the other two hasn't been said who the directors are, but it's kind of assumed that it's not Ryan Johnson again. But he's still going to be a a major creative force. Yeah, because he's creating. Right, he's going to be like essentially like a project manager for that trilogy. And there's nothing about what the trilogy is about yet. Disney hasn't said anything about that. All they've said is that he's going to be creating one. Doesn't it say it's hoping to like? start in 2019 like start production uh, and whatnot <laughs> i don't know because all that disney has to offer is that no release dates have been set for the new film and no porgs were available for comment so take that for as you will <laughs> so i don't think like maybe they have like a generally i could we did read somewhere it was 2019 but I don't, that's not official it's just like i imagine 2019 is when they'll start writing the script and or really start getting into pre-production right. Whereas, like nine rolls around I yeah. imagine, like right after nine comes out, this well, is their next they'll big want, project. They'll, they'll, yeah, because when not because nine will probably finished post production. It's coming out in summer of 2019, so it'll probably finish post production late spring of 2019. That's probably when they'll want to take the same staff who's been making these three films, and those Ryan Johnson will probably take that same staff or at least most of it and spearhead it into the new trilogy. Right. Um, do you want to go? F- do you want to talk first? Should I so, talk first? How does this work? I was like, <laughs> can't understand with all the breathing apparatus. <laughs> episode seven, which is a cool opening scene, but it's we'll get to that. Um, yeah, so I'll go first just because okay. I think give them the good and then give them the bad. Yep. So I think that this, when I first heard about it, gave me such excitement because the idea of let's say a trilogy of rogue ones where they're outside the main saga for the most part they're their own thing they're extending the universe but even more so where they're in their own corner uh, like an area we've never ever seen before in a film sense and having because i think ryan johnson is probably a good director disney even their article that i was just reading that they posted they comment on how much they like ryan johnson and again to have him as a spearhead for a new trilogy they must like his creative vision a lot and they must trust in him a lot so i'm excited for it and i i again i'll have to see episode eight see if i like it to really 
confirm the fact that I think he's going to do a good job. But from what I've seen, I think he is going to. And I'm excited for a new trilogy, not part of the Skywalker saga. I mean, I love the Skywalker saga. We all do. But having a new trilogy that is its own thing, expanding the universe in ways that we haven't seen yet, that excites me immensely. So, again, Ryan, not knowing anything else about it, we don't know anything about what the trilogy is about. What's your view on it? I'm excited and I'm worried. Okay. Um, I think bec- and there was a, it was when you were reading. Can you go back to that article? Yeah. And go back up to where to the quotes you were reading. Uh, this part. Lucasfilm was wanted to announce that Johnson will create a brand new Star Wars, the first of which he is so to direct with longtime collaborator as writer or director. Johnson can. It's a powerful film which Lucasfilm and Disney are immensely proud of. In shepherding this new trilogy, which is separate from the Skywalker saga, Johnson will introduce new characters from a corner of the galaxy that Star Wars fans never before explored. I had a thought while you were reading that. It was kind of a negative thought. Okay, what's that? I'm, I'm trying to re- like remember. <laughs> um, Share right now. I should have probably. I've got a whole computer. I could type <laughs> I like 800 words a minute, but I couldn't write it down. <laughs> um, it, it's exciting because he's going to be exploring, but it's also a little nerve-wracking because this is going to be the new... I need to know what era it takes place in. Okay. And that's what I kind of wrote up here, hopes and worries. My hope is that, of course, me being an Old Republic fan, we get an Old Republic film or even a trilogy. I think it's going to be the new era. Or at least close to it, maybe a little bit of Galactic Civil War, but because it's in an era or an area that we've never explored, there's a pretty good chance that the era is not going to have anything to do with the setting, which is good. It gives up gives Ryan Johnson an infinite um, an infinite playground to work with. I mean, he's got he's got this entire galaxy at his disposal, spanning hundreds of thousands of years. I mean, this dude could go back two million years ago when it was just Twi'leks and humans walking around or it could you know he could go in the future where you know there is no there is no empire there's no sith it's it's this destroyed and chaotic galaxy there's so much he can do that also worries me because what if he strays too far from the star wars path um so are we going to get another jedi sith focused Right trilogy, or are we going to get a more people-focused trilogy where it's you know the regular people of Star Wars? That I think, um, but it, I'm really hoping that he does a good job, and I have to see Episode Eight to even see if I like I his Star Wars so directing style. Because like Ryan and I both said all the time to our like just personally, we love Gareth Edwards and his directing style, and because he's the director in Rogue One, we mm-hmm. thought he was a great director. And we the cinematography was. Yeah, we just we just loved everything about it, and yep. we hope that he comes back for another future Star Wars film. Maybe in this new trilogy, he might come back, which Maybe. would be cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we've seen his work, and we know he does good work. I think again, the same thing has to be said with Ryan Johnson. We have to see Episode Eight, see how, what it is, because and how we like it. Because you can see Looper and be like, "Well, this is directing style," but from what I've heard, I mean, he's doing something to Star Wars that, like, just nobody even like. Even Mark Hamill was like, I don't know what the hell's going on with this script. I don't know who wrote it. It's so crazy and different. And that's like, well, wow. I mean, so, I think from what I've heard, just pre or from these preliminary analysis of episode eight, Ryan Johnson is going to be that creative, just I want to do something 
so far out of the ordinary uh, from what everyone else is expecting, but still keep it tied in. I think it's he's he might be the guy to do it. I just have to see if I like his directing style. Right. Because a movie can be good. It can have good actors, good mm-hmm. action, whatever. But sometimes, like with the prequels, George Lucas's creative vision, you know, the characters are a bit wooden. You know, dialogue's kind of crappy and right. what, you know, like the romancing scenes and whatnot. Um, so it just, it just depends. Like the visuals for the original or the prequel trilogy were amazing, but the acting was kind of wooden and that was George Lucas, the director's choice. Uh, so I have to see Ryan Johnson in Star Wars, not in his and, own thing. In yeah, Star and again, Wars. I think he has a high chance because just going off a of Looper, which I really enjoy, uh, the way it ends, it comes out of nowhere. Like, you don't really expect it. They do a lot of cool visual things. They do a lot of cool sci-fi elements into it that you don't necessarily ever think about, but you're like, in the way that they're explained, like, that makes perfect sense. And... So I think that seeing him in a Star Wars universe is a perfect fit. Again, just based off of Looper, which I thought was a really good movie, it will obviously still have to see 8, see how it goes, but I think there's going to be similar things. I think that's just his directing style where... He just hey, likes to take a chance. Yeah, and he like punches you like out of nowhere. It's like, hey, did you you didn't think about like maybe in the Force being used in this way. Mm-hmm. Bet you never thought a lightsaber could do this, but it, hey, look, it's doing that. So I think it's going to be a lot of that stuff, and I think it's going to be a lot of... This is, they came out of nowhere, here's a surprise, makes total sense if you think about it, but you never thought about it to begin with. Well, it's true. It's, uh, again, I'm hopeful. Uh, I mean, I, I'm praying that episode eight is good, you know, because me personally, I was, I'm a bit let down from seven. Again, right. me personally. Um, but that, I, I'm very hopeful, because again... Ryan Johnson seems to be the guy, so far, of the three directors we've had, to really spearhead a brand new thing. Because Gareth Edwards, you know, was, uh, he was given a task. You know, he said, hey, right. this is the idea for Rogue One, make it happen. But if Gareth Edwards, oh, sorry, Ryan Johnson is at the is at the controls and Disney says, go Ape shit. Essentially, a new George Lucas. Exactly. Neo yeah. Lucas. Yeah. Called. That's that's. <laughs> I think that's a really cool idea, and I'm. Hopefully, he does it well and does it justice because Star Wars is one of those things where I mean, if they promise a trilogy and all three of them are bad, Disney will go bankrupt, man. Like Star Wars <laughs> fans will make sure it happens. Those part theme parks will be burnt to the damn ground. <laughs> yeah. So, which. Yeah, again, have to wait to episode eight. This just got announced like a couple days ago. Well, it's just a, a week ago, but yeah. yeah, whatever. It's like we don't, we don't nothing about it except, and I'm sure they don't know anything about it either. They probably no. just have some ideas rolling around. I'm sure they just said, "Hey, Gareth, you know, we're really excited that you." Hey, Ryan. I'm sorry. I really <laughs> like Gareth. Okay. Oh, me too. He's a cool dude. Ryan, listen, and he's also he also shares my name. That's why, that's why I'm more harmful. Well, you know, he, he's cool. Yeah. Ryan, cool uh, you know, hey, we like what you've done with episode eight. You know, you really took it to new places. What if we gave you, you know, $500 million and said, hey, make a new trilogy, new characters, and a new, ga- and, you know, a new part of the galaxy. And then he died, and they had to resuscitate him. They're like, hey, are you okay? And like, yeah, yeah, sorry. <laughs> I, so, yeah. From what I've heard, Ryan Johnson is a... He's a critical fan of Star Wars, which I think is important. Right, same thing with Gareth Edwards. Like, mm-hmm. that's what makes it. 
Yep. I say this all my life that creativity and passion is like the best fuel for anything. Yep. You can be, you can have like, you know, no experience in whatever you're doing, but if you're passionate about it, you're going to do a better job than I think someone who is experienced will. Yeah. If they brought in, say, uh, you know, like, uh, Quentin Tarantino, who probably doesn't even know what Star Wars is, like he's so rich, he doesn't even know what the outside world is. I don't think that would be a good Star Wars film. Right. I've never heard him once say, oh, "I like Star Wars. I'm gonna go right. see he's it more, opening night." I think again, I don't know, but it seems more of a he's more of a classic movie fan, not yeah. necessarily a sci-fi fan. Yeah. Which again, Gareth Edwards is. J.J. Abrams was, but you know. Does that we sh- okay? Listen, one comment. We should have learned from the tragedy that was the Star Trek sequels. And we should have said no. The, the you know the I liked Star Into Trek? Darkness more. Which one was that? that? Into <laughs> Darkness was the one with Khan. That one was I, good. Benedict I thought the first the I hated the first Vulcan. One. Oh, that was okay. I didn't, I didn't see. I didn't, I didn't like the Star Trek ones. I saw them all. They were all pretty okay. I didn't see Beyond. Even not being a Star Trek fan, I'm like yeah, these are pretty okay movies. Being a Star Trek fan, I didn't like the first one. I thought Into Darkness was was better. I haven't seen Beyond. Beyond was probably just, the worst of the trilogy, in my opinion. I know a lot of people liked it, but that's it was what like it, that's what it looked like to me. It looked, looked the worst. Boy, was there a lot of things that they did not explain that they needed to explain. Usually, I like that, but boy, was there stuff that didn't make any sense. Well, on that topic, J.J. Abrams is directing Episode Nine. That's true. So, I know it's not kind of written, but you know that what we're talking about, J.J. I guess this is a good time. You know, you and I, are, I'm very critical of Force Awakens. I I loved it when it first came out. I mean, my hype level was through the damn roof. Like it couldn't. I remember. Nothing could have disappointed me. And then I watched it a couple more times. I started reading stuff online. You know, kind of getting other people's opinions into my head and thinking about it critically. And I came to the conclusion, my own conclusion, that you know, I just I didn't like the way he took it. Now he's directing the finale of the Skywalker saga. Well, here's my thing. I'm not as. I guess I have more hope for it because. Honestly, I think a big problem with Seven was Disney's interference. Because if you look at like behind the scenes stuff of the effort and detail JJ Abrams oh, put incredible. into it, right? Yeah, no, I, I, I gotta give he, him props. And I think he really wanted to do something different. I don't blame like problems with Seven on him. I think it's just like Disney's like you can't make something completely different because we're trying to get a new generation of people back into it yeah. and get the old generation of it into it. So I think which is exactly what Seven did. It got people who had never seen Star Wars into it and people who had seen Star Wars into it as well. It kind of reconnected both generations and now I think they're like, okay, eight and you know, Rogue One even go crazy. We have them hooked. Now we can do whatever we want to them and get their money. It's true and I, I do think it was a good bit Disney. I think JJ kind of also, I think he allowed himself to be pushed over yeah, a little but bit. But I mean like, okay, if a multi-billion dollar corporation is like, hey, you're directing a Star Wars film, but you have to do exactly what we say. I'd be like, you got it. I'm directing a Star Wars movie. I mean, yeah, no, I agree. I, I think uh, I, I'm still very critical. Right, and I, I agree. It, again, we're going to have to see 8 to see if they improve from 7 or not. If they don't improve from 7 and it goes downhill, then it's like, I think... I'm, I'm done. It's kind of over... For Like, you might be successful, but it's not going to be what we want. Like, just you and I personally, I guess. Yeah. So, again... Before anything speculation towards the future with that, I think we're gonna have to see eight. I think the future of Star Wars depends on Episode Eight. I really, th- it really does. I mean, because Ryan Johnson's gonna be making a new trilogy. Right. Ryan so Johnson it- trilogy, Episode Nine. 
the cinematic future uh, Han Solo doesn't count cinematic yeah, no. future of the Star Wars franchise depends I think on episodes 8 being a good movie which I think being is going to be in a better movie than 7 because right. now I mean if you go back and look I mean I think The Force Awakens reviews and critic rating has dropped a lot more than when yeah, it first came I, out I think again just side thing we're not going to go into it but Episode seven, banking on nostalgia for a lot of it. Oh yeah, I mean, and again, it got me. Opening weekend, first time seeing, it, I thought it was a great movie. I still think it's a pretty good movie. But out of all the Star Wars movies, I've seen it the least. Yeah, and, and I have in- no desire to really right. And that keep probably watching. includes even you know the Clone Wars animated movie. Yeah, no, I've seen, I've seen that Rogue a One far more many times than I've seen because it's so good. Far more than I've seen Episode seven. And it's just like. I not having I don't have any desire to rewatch it. Yeah, no, it's I've seen Force Awakens probably about six, I think sixteen or seventeen times. And it's not I mean you think that's a lot, but I've seen A New Hope right, and the original like trilogy a billion times. over a hundred times each. But again, it, it it did its job of bridging that gap because now yeah, and and I was I watch a you know the Collider Jedi Council and you know they're talking about you know whether you like the movie or not. There's a good chance as a Star Wars fan you're invested in the characters that he made, which I am. With, I yeah, want to know more about Ray. Not so much about Finn, because I didn't like him as much, but... Like, but, you know, oh, I think more background on him. Yeah. I wouldn't yeah. mind more Phasma if they did her well. You know, mm-hmm. I'm interested in these characters, which is a good thing J.J. did, but a lot of it does also have to do with the fact that the plot was so similar to New Hope, it introduced the characters in similar ways. Yeah. But again, so you I kind think, of relived caring I about the characters. I think that was just Disney being Disney. I'm sure, yeah. Which is, you know, whatever. They had a kind of you know protect themselves but now i think they're kind of opening up to new things but again so episode seven my two youngest siblings that's their favorite movie of any of the star wars movies and they've seen the other star wars movies and i think my dad even said that episode seven is his favorite he's seen all the other ones too yeah they're completely two different generations but they still really liked episode seven because it was just a good overall film and it was a modern day it was a modern day version of star wars which is fine it had a lot of problems but I don't really, I don't really blame J.J. Abrams for them because the stuff that I could, you can see he was directly involved with, were great. Yeah, like the visual aspects. Right, the visual aspects, the planets were also beautiful. Yeah, uh, even, I, even just like the Millennium Falcon having a different satellite on it, like that's such a minute detail that, unless you're, uh, you know, someone who cares about it, doesn't matter. Like you're not going to put that effort into it. No, it's very true. So I'm, I'm. When 8 comes out, that's going to be the big picture. Again, 8 is the breaking point. It's it make really, it or break it, it really for Star is. Wars. Because I think, again, I th- this is my prediction. I think 8 is going to be great. <laughs> uh, I don't think it's going to be incredible, but I think it's going to be so unique and very different to the point where you, it's going to be good, maybe even great. I think Han Solo is going to flop, and I think Disney's going to learn from that, that creativity and originality of eight versus the cash grab of Han Solo. I think they're, oh, I'm praying that this is what they learn from these two film from the next couple of years of their films. Um, and hopefully Ryan Johnson leaves some good material for JJ to work with, with nine. Cause I mean, if again, you know, they never said six was the end of the saga. They never, you know, obviously three wasn't, but they never said six was the end of the saga. Now they're, you know, people who own Star Wars are saying, hey, this is it. You know, we don't want to make more Skywalker films. We want to branch out and do our own stuff. So 
we're moving on. So JJ is going to have, I think, an even more daunting task than he did with Seven to end the Skywalker saga. Right. Well, I think that's all we have to say about that. Yeah. Um, so the next little part about that, kind of related to it, you know, and then about the future of the series of Star Wars in general, which again, things gonna rely on Episode Eight and and its success, is Disney's announced, which they've announced for a while that they're going to have a streaming service that they own that has mm-hmm. like their movies on it and like their past movies and stuff like that. It's like basically a Disney Netflix. Yeah. Disflix. Disflix. Don't know Disney's. what it's called. Don't, <laughs> don't know what it's called. It's not supposed to launch till like next year, but but they've announced they've announced a couple different series that are going to be originals to that service, and one of them is a live action Star Wars series. Mm-hmm. Got announced the same time as the Ryan Johnson trilogy. I think it was around the same time as D twenty three. I want to say. Yeah, it, it was, was like literally because they both both Ryan Johnson trilogy and this got released as part of a. Um, quarterly report by Disney's CEO and kind of like just Disney in general. Yeah. So, and it's basically they're they're having a live action Star Wars series. No details are known about it. Like I don't. I don't believe the director's been announced or literally anything about it's been announced because they the probably fact, don't have it yet. That's just the fact that they're doing it. Right, and like a lot of the articles I've read have said that the series probably won't happen until 2019, like probably debut till 2019. So, again, but just interesting, the idea of a live-action Star Wars TV show is awesome, and I think that would be great, and, you know, I think it's really exciting. Again, if Episode Eight does good, and they can continue that, an original creative vision through a TV series, I'd watch it, and I hate TV shows. Yeah. I maybe seen two or three TV shows through completion in my entire life, because I hate TV, but... I think a Star Wars centered TV show I could totally watch. Doesn't yeah. matter how many episodes there. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, I, I'm almost willing to put money on it that it's Old Republic themed. I would imagine because that makes the most sense. If they're again, we don't know anything about the new trilogy. Know nothing about the TV show. But if the new trilogy, let's say, takes place in the future, or sorry, the, the Ryan Johnson trilogy takes yeah. place ahead chronologically of the new trilogy. It makes sense that the TV show takes place somewhere in the past, Old Republic, basically the time before the prequels and the original trilogy. It's there's so much to do, and there's so many different wars and different factions you can focus on. That We're talking Knights of the Old Republic, baby. <laughs> there's and for those who don't know, that's a very old MMO. Or no, was that, it's, was it's the MMO? a single player game. Was that a single player yes, game? Yes, the MMO release released in 2011. Nice Old Republic was in 2001 and 2003. Okay, yeah. There's anyway, single player games, and they're single player games. Takes place a couple what a thousand five, years? Five thousand years. Five thousand years before the like the cinematic trilogies we know now. And there's just, there's just a lot to do, so I'm it'd be cool if that was where they went with it. I and again, I, I'm willing to put money on it that they will. Um, because it, it makes the most sense. Yeah, you really they really need to start diversifying, because um, that's what before Disney bought them. That's what Star Wars was. It was a diverse. I mean, there was stuff like hundreds of years in the future, thousands of years in the past. I mean, just everywhere. Star Wars EU went to every t- point in time. It was just like their games. They gave out the license to everyone. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no, it's which they need to do again because right. we need some better fucking developers than Which we'll get to that next. I can't help it. <laughs> um 
I, I, I would put money on it that Ryan Johnson's new trilogy is going to be in the future. It's going to be centered probably around a faction of Jedi users that we have never really seen before. And I'm going to bet that the live action series is going to be based on the Old Republic and the war against the Old Empire or even the Mandalorian Wars. Um, and for those who don't know anything about what we're talking about, uh, basically, you know, in Legends, which was used to be extended universe... There was a transition that happened where Disney basically said anything that happened before Disney bought Star Wars doesn't actually matter. In With the exception of the six films, Rebels, and the right, Clone there's some Wars exceptions, show. but like mainly the books and the games, they don't really count towards this the story of Star Wars. But in the past, there's been a lot. Of, there's been like giant wars between huge number, like thousands, thousands of Jedi versus thousands, thousands of people in the Sith Order. There's a lot of history in old Star Wars books and even games about huge clashes between Mandalorians, who are people of uh, Star Wars planet, who are big, just giant warriors, basically. Yep. So there's just a lot of clashes like that they could definitely do because a TV show about, again, if you think of, I don't know, whatever TV show Band you want. Band of Brothers would be, I think, a Band of Brothers Star Wars show, doesn't matter what era, it could be Clone Wars, but a Band of, Band of Brothers style sh- Star Wars show, much like Rogue One, um, but spread across, you know, like a TV show, multiple seasons and whatnot, I think would be phenomenal. Right, or I think even if you look at some of, some of like the shows that could be similar, I don't, yeah, you probably don't watch any like the new X, like X-Men shows, because there's a ton of, I haven't really watched, I watch a couple of them, but the way they're, they go about it, where, yeah, these people have powers, but it's about something bigger, yeah. they're, they Express like you know in New Mutants or whatever or not New Mutants sorry the Legion, which is like the FX original show. It's like yeah they they have powers, and it works in the universe because some people don't have powers. They have powers and they make it work. I think that right. works great in Star Wars. Like you could totally do that, mm-hmm. where it takes place in some type of Jedi Academy or just a, a city, and there's some type of conflict between people with force and not people with the force or something like that. You know, it works really well. I think one thing that we can almost, I mean, I would put like 99% odds on it is that it's the live action TV show is going to be focused around a war. Because that's really I what think a Star Wars show, Star Wars the, shows in the even past the movies have always done. Which, you know, it's in the name Star Wars. Almost every like creative media that has portrayed star wars takes place around some type of war yeah like whether it's a game a book you know comic book whatever it takes place around a war because that's also the easiest place to get content because things can change all the time yeah i think but i wouldn't be surprised if ryan johnson's trilogy didn't start off with a war because we're thinking about we're going to an unexplored part of space i mean yes they might end up in a war you know in that area but what i'm what i'm thinking is is that these two things are going to be released close to one another but i think you're gonna want to get your band of brothers or just your war sh- your it's gonna be yeah. the tv show is gonna be the war and i think ryan john <laughs> hell they might even be in the same universe they might be in the same timeline hell i don't know maybe they, you know they like at least any could information. be a side faction to yeah. the movie whichever with it um i would not be surprised if the trilogy that's coming out had almost no direct war in it to begin with maybe just kind of focusing on introducing this you know this new part of the galaxy and these new characters whereas the tv show 
dumps you into, say, The Mandalorian Wars 5,000 yeah, years maybe in the it's past. Yeah, like lead up to the movies or whatever. They have some kind of intricate relationship. doesn't matter. It'd be cool either way. Uh, but the other thing I, I know is that, obviously, it's not going to be a Game of Thrones with Star Wars type show. It'd be cool it would be. It is Disney. Their streaming service is probably, I think, going to be more closely like a Marvel, like Daredevil TV show. Where there's a lot of, like, you know, there's violence and there's stuff like that in it. But it's still more or less family friendly. So remember, like, PG-13 rating, not R rating. Which is fine. I think either way, they can still make a good show and have it... You can even have a good show rated PG. Like, I don't think it's a problem. I might even disagree slightly. Okay. I think the TV series might be more adult-focused. I think because the movies have always been Star Wars's focus. It's been the films. Mm-hmm. You know, kids go to them. They've never been too dark. But with the TV series, especially if it's diving into, even if it's the Galactic Civil War, there's a pretty good chance that it's going to be focused on a war of some kind, whether it's Jedi versus Sith or, you know, Mandalorians versus the Republic, uh, Republic versus Empire, Rebellion versus Empire, or Resistance versus mm-hmm. First Order. It's going to be focused on war, and I think it's going to have to be a more adult-themed show. Whereas well, I think the films aren't are going to be a little bit more in the style that we've seen from previous Star Wars films. What I'm just saying, and I'm not saying no, I'm right. I, I can I can see. That. I would say the show has a higher chance of being, say, rated R than the than the new trilogy does. Uh, that's just me from my thinking process of kind of where they might want to take stuff. The only reason I think that's not true again, I just think that from a purely business standpoint, I think they're going to base or kind of focus it more around like the Marvel shows that are on Netflix now. You know, like a Daredevil, Iron Fist, whatever, where they're more PG-13 rating because it's still a Disney product. So if you put, let's say, again, rated R Star Wars TV show on the same streaming service that has a monsters inc tv show and then you know old cinderella movies stuff like that where you're targeting the website to be family friendly to be like the disney image and then you have you know this guy getting decapitated and gutted (laughs) by a lightsaber okay well hold on because rated r movies aren't inherently extremely bloody and gory i I think you're what we're gonna get is more of the i think we're gonna get a pg-13 bordering rated R right but I don't think there's gonna be there's not gonna be a whole bunch of violence there's not gonna be a whole bunch of like sexual sexual nature type stuff I disagree with the violence thing I think we're I wouldn't be surprised if like whole episodes were like right in a trench like just right well maybe that but I don't think it's gonna okay that's not gonna be saying Pratt Ryan type visuals I think it's gonna be more again if you watch I don't know if you watch Daredevil or not but yeah Daredevil gets like the shit beat out of him every episode it seems like and, you know he's all bloody and bruised and stuff but it's not like his arm falls off and you see like blood squirting out of it it's not like that that level because they don't i don't think well, that's what i'm saying pg-13 bordering R. yeah okay i'll agree to that but it's not gonna it's not gonna cross that level of being going to the r rating. no i don't think i don't think it will i don't think anything under disney ever will be rated r what i'm yeah. saying is and maybe i worded it wrong is i think it will be a pg-13 probably could have been one click away from being r not extremely bloody but violent focused more towards adults not you know just like oh fuck this fuck that god damn it this yeah more okay but yeah i guess i just finished it but yeah I, I again I like a band of brothers where it's it's not 
you know, you're not saving Private Ryan where dudes are walking around without arms, you know, guts hanging out and whatnot. But you are killing off main characters. You are focusing more on this war and this particular band of people inside this war. Um, I, I, like I said, I'm, I do not think after we've had now two animated TV shows focused on kids, uh, or made for kids, and now nine films fairly kid friendly. I don't. I think that they're going to explore a little bit, and I think they're not going to be afraid to maybe show a bit of blood because there's blood in New right. Hope. Right, again, and but stuff. that's fine. And, like, either way, I don't, again, it doesn't really, I love for a more adult themed Game of Thrones Star Wars show, which would be awesome. But if it's not, that's fine. Like, as long as it's intriguing, as long as I like the adult yeah, themes, I, I think, more than the content. They could make a show about living in the Jedi Order and what they go through. And as long as it was interesting, I would watch it and I'd probably love it. Right. What I'm saying is, is that with a TV show, and that's why the Clone Wars and Rebels focus on a war, is because it's so much easier, especially in Star Wars, for a show to focus on that. Like, specific battles and whatnot. So, I, again... I think the I think the trilogy will be focused more on exploration, mm-hmm. and I think the show is going to be more focused on a PG thirteen kind of bordering our um, gritty Star Wars yeah, I can, war. Yeah, I can see. That. I don't think whatever. Um, again, we don't know anything about it. Nope. We probably won't until it's probably going to be a show about R two D two. Let's be let's be fucking real. The, no, it's going to be an Ewok Adventures TV show. I'm done. <laughs> Quitting this podcast already. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I, if I had to speculate, we probably won't hear anything about any of this no. until after the Han Solo movie, maybe even not after, until 9. I would, I wouldn't be surprised if we didn't hear anything until 9. Yeah, just so, just... whatever, that's way off in the future, which is fine. But let's yeah. focus on what's happening right now. Has already come I don't, out. I don't want to. Has, <laughs> everything has already been explained about it for the most part. Battlefront 2. So, if, quick background, uh... About what was it? Ten years ago. No, yeah. probably longer than that. Huh? Battlefront One was two thousand three, I think. Uh, two, I think it's two thousand five. Two thousand four, it looks like. Yeah. So Battlefront One, a very old Star Wars sh- shooter game. Fun, 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 fun game. Like just focused on fun. Um. Yeah. It. Name. And they, I even played the DS game. That's how much I love the series. I bought the DS I game. Hated the PSP one. I never was it probably the same game. I don't know. Probably I think. So. But it was interesting. Anyway, whatever. It doesn't matter. It's a Star Wars game. Probably one of the best ever made in a lot of fans' opinions. And they made a sequel to it, Battlefront Two, and that came out. Probably two thousand six. Two thousand five. No, no shit. One year after. Looks like it. Huh. Yeah, two thousand five. So, yeah. right after that, they added? that's yeah, I love okay. old video games, yeah. man. Jesus. <laughs> um, yeah, it was created by Pandemic Studios and Savage Entertainment. Came out in 2004, 2005. Uh, pretty good games. A lot of people considered them to be some of the best Star Wars games ever made. You know, right up there with like Knights of the Old Republic and whatever. And. The publisher known as EA Electronic Arts. You've all heard of them. Yeah, they they, they have they make them. you know Madden, FIFA, every every they major sports game. Everything. They publish a lot of stuff. 
Well, they're, they're bigger. They're they're the Disney of video games. Like they have they own everything. Well, when Disney acquired Star Wars, when they bought the rights, all the rights to Star Wars, they made the worst decision of their lives. <laughs> so, I'm not even joking. It's it's been the worst. Like I don't the the legend stuff is like meh. Like I can live without the old legends because I still know that they're there. I can go back. I can always play Knights of the Old Republic and enjoy it. So what happened was when he, when Disney bought the Star Wars license, they gave exclusive license for video games to EA, which basically means that if you if anyone wanted to make a Star Wars game, EA would have to be the publisher on it. And so they they own the exclusive rights. I don't know how long that deal lasts for, but from what I understand, from what I heard, it's ever. I that's what right. I understand as well. It's they, there's no real details about the deal, but I, from my understanding, it's indefinite. For the most part, and since then, so the two there's been two Star Wars games. I believe there's only two Star Wars games that have come out since that deal was made. There's Battlefront One, which is a remake of the 2004 Battlefront, and Battlefront Two, which was a remake of the 2005 remake. Now hold on, Battlefront One was less of a remake as much it, as a it reboot. was a reboot. Okay, re- I guess reboot's a better word for it. Battlefront Two is more of a remake because they brought back almost all of the maps from the original Battlefront 2 and they remade them. So Battlefront 2 2017 is a lot more of a remake than it is um, a reboot like Battlefront 1 was. But continue cuz I I'm going to fly <laughs> off the damn handle. I know. And you're going to you have more taking this than I do cuz I So anyway, we'll get into that. So Battlefront 2 came out Let me sure I'm right on this. Yeah, November 17th, so two days ago after recording this podcast, because we're recording this on November 19th. So it came out, but the controversy surrounding it came out way before the game was released. In the beta. In the beta. So, yeah, EA released Battlefront 2, and since then, since they released it, there's been one like major change to the game, but it was the history before the game was released that had the most controversy. And I... I kind of don't want to talk about exactly what they changed, maybe just generally, but I want to more talk about the impact that it has. Like the ethics of it? Not even that, because I'm sure most people have already heard the story about it. It's been out for a while. I kind of want to talk about our take on it and what it means, I guess, to Star Wars games in general. Well, you and I are big game. I mean, I'm a big gamer. You would be a lot bigger of a gamer, I think, if you had more time. Right. Now that you're single, you probably do. So that's good. (laughs) Um, so when a video game that we're both excited for with probably the most impressive graphics and sound of any video game I've ever seen, I mean, the sound effects and visuals for Battlefront 1 alone were mind-blowing. Battlefront yeah. 2, like, improved them and added two to, two more eras to the matter. And I don't want to interrupt you, Sorry. But I want to kind of give a little bit more background because I think it's going to give some weight to what you're about to say. So, Battlefront is made... The game itself is made by DICE. But published. But published by EA. Now, DICE is the creator of battle, Battlefield games. Yep. That's about all they've done except, I think, Mirror's Edge 2. Was that them? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. I think they did the first one. Too. So, and their, their gaming engine that they run their game on is Frostbite amazing engine great engine it's again like ryan is saying it allows for great graphics a lot of good physics within the game 
So the battle that's what the battlefield games are mainly known for is that aspect. So they are the ones who made Battlefront under EA's pub, uh, under EA publishing it. Yep. So now what the controversy about the game is is that when it was announced in the beta, basically you had the unlock system for what they have heroes in the game. So the heroes are, you know, Darth Vader or Luke or Boba Fett. These characters that you can unlock through gaining points in a, in a multiplayer match. You get, gain points and use those points to essentially buy the ability to transform yourself into a hero until you die. So you, you get whatever, 5,000 points in a game. You unlock the ability to become Luke Skywalker. You have his character abilities and you can fight the match as Luke Skywalker until you die. Now the problem was in the beta, it was revealed that it was essentially a pay-to-win game in a lot of senses. So there's a loot box system. Okay, hold on. So pay-to-win is essentially, usually it's done with free games. Games that you can just pick up and download and pay additional, pay money, however much, to gain additional features. So like, let's say you wanted a better gun and you didn't want to play, you know, 10 hours to get enough money to get the gun, you could just throw in five bucks and buy the gun, you know, whatever. Um, keep in mind, Battlefront 2 2017 is a full-price $60 game. Right, it's a triple-A title, $60 game. Promise, so, yeah, problem one, loot box system that you essentially buy loot boxes using, I believe it's called crystals? Credits. Credits, is that what it is? Okay, yeah. you buy credits, right? You can pay money to get credits, you buy crystals, or you, you buy your credits to buy a loot box. The loot box will give you crystals, and use the crystals to unlock other aspects of the game. Basically, to level up and gain new, as- new assets in the game, you have to use crystals. So you can't directly buy a crystal, but you can buy credits to buy loot boxes, which unlock crystals potentially. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe you'll get credit, or maybe you'll get a crystal to buy other I weapons. Scrap. Scrap is the crap is- thing different i think but you get you that's what you you any anyway you basically you're paying to unlock loot boxes or you don't have to pay you can unlock credits for it but you in the originally in the beta the amount of credits you would need to like unlock the loot box were to unlock the character to unlock the characters as well Fifty thousand credits and you want after every game the max you could win was i think like 187 so yeah, I, I believe it was a closer. Maybe it was 187, but yeah, it was basically to unlock the higher tier characters like Luke Skywalker, or Darth Vader, who were locked to you. There are other characters who are unlocked, but they're kind of lower tier characters. To unlock higher tier characters to play in multiplayer, you would have to get a certain number of credits to buy them. But the numbers of credits you would need, you get from a game, compared to the number of credits that a character costs means you were spending hundreds of hours to try and get let's say a darth vader unlocked in the game i think the most amount of time if you played straight saving not buying a single thing with those credits no guns no other unlocks was 40 hours of continuous play to unlock one one character now keep in mind unlocking things in a video game is not a bad concept almost every video game has Mm -hmm. it Usually, however, there are like with Battlefield. Battlefield does it great. You level up, you get a couple new things, 
um, you know, skins and stuff like that, that's all premature. But, like, to unlock a new weapon, you reach a certain level, which is, like, you know, 10 hours of gameplay. But each time you level up, say you level up eight times within those 10 hours, you're getting new guns, new equipment, new things with it. That's what a good system Battlefield had. Battlefront, on the other hand, gave you almost everything at face value. And then it unlocked... It locked a whole lot of alternative things like alternative like you start off with a blaster normally and you unlock different blasters or different heroes by playing the game which is not a bad system however people's main problem was that in order to unlock the characters you had to put in again one hero one character was 40 hours that's under two days Right. straight of gameplay to unlock one person. So now all that, you know, obviously really bad. Essentially, you're paying a bunch of money to get loot boxes to unlock stuff, whatever. Whole bunch of bad things going on there. Which, again, if you want to hear more about that, there's lots of articles you can read. We're not trying to like really focus on that because it's kind of an older story. Um, EA eventually has kind of worked to resolve it. Quick side note, uh, EA's comment about... they Was... So EA, someone basically, there's a whole Reddit thread about people complaining about EA, like Battlefront 2. EA responded to it in like a whole paragraph, like trying to, you know, PR, like just calm everyone down. From the EA Star Wars community right. Reddit. Uh, that response is the most downvoted response in Reddit history, which is saying a lot because... Reddit is the place where if you're either going to like something or you're going to hate something. Right. That's Reddit. So basically with all that, uh, EA changed, has changed a lot of the game since then the first change they the major change they chain that implemented was they lowered the credit amount required to unlock heroes by 75 percent but but then they also they lowered, lowered how many creds you get per game by 75 percent essentially so they, meaning they kind of didn't change anything but kind of did but they didn't tell anybody about the credit earning loss they only told people they lowered the hero unlock so essentially they they kind of played us yeah and then that's just again what i've read from the articles i read that's how it happened the next thing that i believe again because game was just released two days ago he has taken out micro micro transactions completely in the game and again micro transactions for anyone who doesn't know is basically when you're paying in a game to unlock something so in this case you're paying additional money on top of what you pay right. for it's a small transaction you make let's say five dollars whatever it is to unlock a loot box that's a micro transaction lots of games have it it's very common whatever so ea took that out completely so now the game is more or less what people wanted it to be at least from a multiplayer aspect there's still there's a solo player campaign but the multiplayer there there's less requirements for unlocking a hero but you're gaining less so it's kind of counterbalanced in a way somewhat and there's no microtransactions so you cannot pay to win the game but this is did they take out the credit ban do you know i don't know i don't Should we i don't talk about that i don't i don't like again just from what i read it's just the microtransactions they took out but it was they said it's temporary it's kind of like they didn't say when it's going to be back, if it's going to be back. It's just a temporary. They took it down, again, probably to avoid a lot. 
So that's the reworked. basic of the controversy. Again, not going to get into too much detail about it. So EA's kind of fixed it. Not really, but kind of. It's kind of too late, maybe. So now that I explained all that backstory, and hopefully the listeners know what we're talking about if you haven't heard anything about it, Ryan, take it away because you, I think, have more stake in this than I do. So go ahead. So this is bullshit. <laughs> um, well, okay, loot boxes by design are not a bad thing. For example, CSGO was the first game, Counter-Strike Global Offensive, to really implement them, and it was just for cosmetics. Yes, you could make thousands and thousands of dollars by just spending $2.50, but it was all just cosmetics. There is no gameplay changes whatsoever. Then Overwatch did it, and they did it really well. I mean, game free-to-play games have been doing loot boxes and microtransactions for years and years. I mean, old MMOs from the 90s and shit were doing this. Um, but essentially, microtransactions aren't a bad thing for free games. Okay, because you're not paying any money to play a fully, let's say, a fully finished game. Like, like Planet Side 2 was free, but you could pay a little bit of money to help boost yourself and get a little bit of an edge, but still make it, you know, mostly fair for other people. Um, the reason why this is such a big thing is because, again, like I said, progression and unlocking things is not a bad thing in fact it's good because it gives you something to do let's say you really want the dl44 and it's 20,000 credits and you you know you really want that blaster so you save up you save up you play you play then you buy it it's great you love it you're killing people with it but then they release the ee3 boba fett's blaster you say well shit i really want that gun too so guess what you save up, you save up, gives you something to do and a reason to play the game. The problem is, it's 40 hours of work for one mini, th I mean, and from what I've heard, the heroes all play like garbage. That's just what I've heard. I've heard nothing but bad things about the way they handle them, the way they play and how they feel. So you're spending 40 hours of work to unlock something that you don't even, might not even really want or use um, so it, it's ridiculous, and I'm glad that the community spoke out. This is one thing, finally, that us as gamers managed to get get together on and work together to try and solve it. No, it's not really working, and EA is probably going to be just as scummy. They're probably going to release microtransactions and say, everything's fixed, don't worry about it, in a week. They haven't changed anything, but we're all too stupid to remember the fact that <laughs> You know what we were mad about in the first place that's just ea's standard that's what they do it's you can't change anything about that but i'm glad this was both a good thing and a bad thing it was good because it finally got the gaming community together for one thing which never happened i mean we are yeah. the worst people on the planet like isis it goes like <laughs> isis is one step lower than gamers because we're pieces of shit yeah it's very um, much uh if you think of the people who complain about something but never do anything to solve it, that's usually the video game slash that's, internet yeah, community. Yeah, that's the video game community. I mean, the internet community, you know, we've banded together on a lot of, like, to stop net neutrality or, or to, uh, whatever, to keep it, you know, whatever. We've banded together on a lot, but gamers, Jesus Christ, <laughs> we are the single worst people on the planet, uh, but I'm happy to be a part of our community because it's it's scummy but it's my shout it's, out it's a wretched hive of scum and villainy <laughs> that i'm happy to be a part of 
Um, but the whole system itself was bad for the sole purpose that, again, EA is so undeniably greedy that they wanted... I mean, $60 for a game is already steep. I mean, I can't buy a Battlefront 2 right now. I don't, you know, I don't have the money for it. Um, that's how much, you know, games like that, you know, that's why $60 for some people is too steep. On top of that, demanding, you know, even more money from people just to play more different aspects of the game, you might, you might as well have just made it all DLC. That way you just paid $15 and unlocked whatever was in it instead of spending $200 to open up loot boxes to maybe get one of the things that they would have released in a DLC mm-hmm. pack. Totally agree. Um, that's why ethically it, it's, it's, it's so undeniably greedy and just filthy uh, from EA to demand such a thing from its from its people after they've already ruined so many other franchises and demanded so much from us as community because if there's one thing we want we just want a decent game like you give us a decent game we're pretty happy with it Overwatch when it first came out was kind of lacking on content but we played it because it was fun it was pretty well balanced we enjoyed it and they've improved it over time but you just if you release hot garbage, we're going to tell you it's hot garbage. We're going to buy it because we need to know what's hot garbage. But I, I mean, I don't even want to know how much money they had to refund. How many places well, people came back and said, they ended up. I believe they ended up stopped taking refunds on pre-orders because so many people started refunding their pre-orders. <laughs> so they had to stop it because so many people were doing it. And again, EA's fixed the problems, quote-unquote. But... And they're it's still kind of. I think it's a little too late for that. And they're allowed. I mean, listen. I'm not saying they can't do this. They can because they have, and they're allowed to do whatever the fuck they want. It's their property. It's their money. They can do whatever with it. Right. It's and that's why I said it's more ethically. This is more of an ethics issue where, if you can get a community like the gaming community to come against you, you got yourself a problem. Right. And the gaming community came against you. They realized they had a problem and they're trying to fix it. They're not going to. I know they're not. Because I'm a pessimist. I know, again, they're going to release microtransactions and they're going to bump everything back up to where they were during beta when people were complaining. But nobody's going to care because everyone's played the game enough at that point to buy everything anyway. Yeah, because the problem is the only thing I want. Again, I don't want to. I'm not going to say that I'm better at this than anyone else because I'm not. I'm. I've done stuff like this before, but the only way to stop a big corporation or a big problem like this is to deal with it from the money standpoint. Yeah. The only way to stop EA from making more games like this is to not play the game or buy the game that they're selling. Oh, that's why but I, unfortunately, I people are still going to complain about and buy it. Because yeah. like you said, you kind of want to buy it to see, oh, is it that bad? Yeah. I'm not going to buy a Battlefront 2 ever, I don't think, unless it's literally given to me to, for free Yeah. because I don't want to give money towards a cause that I don't want I don't want to have I don't want this, anything to do with I don't that. want this game repeated by any company ever not just EA yeah no I think companies I mean because games have been getting and this is kind of you know a different podcast for a different podcast but games have been kind of getting to this point where companies are demanding more and more money from people even though we don't have more and more money to right. give um, I think something as big as this is really going to break through to a lot of people's heads and say hey listen this just 
we can't ha- like saying a smaller company tried to do this and they got this much PR backlash. Are you kidding me? They'd the be just gone. yeah, the company would be gone. <laughs> and again, if EA wasn't like a multi-trillion-dollar company, and it would if, it would suffer. Right. But it, if it, the game had been free with these microtransactions in it, nobody would have batted an eye. Right. Maybe except because that's normal. Right. But when you charge full price and then include this stuff that you and almost for free demand game, it from people, yeah. That makes a difference. So, and unfortunately, again, it, unless I guess people who play these games kind of band together and make this impact like they've been doing, because again, making EA change all these policies is huge. The fact that they did anything at all is a huge statement to how much backlash that the community gave them. And if you want to again keep having them change it, you're as a community, I guess, as gamers, you have to kind of make a decision like. We're not gonna buy or play this game because you keep your abu- you're in a sense abusing the, your fan base, right? So that's why I'm not gonna buy. It. Again, I'm not saying that I'm better than anyone for not buying it, but I just like I don't have any interest in playing a game that even though it might be slightly fixed now, I still don't want to have to deal with all the problems with it. So I'm yeah. not gonna do it. Yeah, no, I I agree, and it's it's a shame because again, it looks so beautiful. There's it, so much content mm-hmm. to play and so many things to do. And again, having a game. That was probably as major to both Ryan and I's childhood, yeah. which is Battlefront, the series. And just Star Wars. Just like, Star Wars in general, having a good Star Wars game, which I don't think we're going to get for a while because EA has all the licensing no, to like, it. There's a single-player Star Wars game coming out that just it looks like it looks like Assassin's Creed and Shadow of War mm-hmm. mixed, mixed with Star Wars. And I don't like that gameplay style. And again, it's under EA's belt. I have no hopes for it. Like the Han Solo film. There's nothing but bad things surrounding it. Why would I hype myself up for it? With, you know, Last Jedi, there's good things about it. Ryan Johnson's a fan. The cast is saying this is great. Disney executives are saying, holy shit, this is like the best thing we've ever seen. Let's make this guy like the head of our Lucasfilm. Like, it, so it, it's one of those things, guys. You, you really got to look into stuff. That's why I don't listen to reviews much because I... I'm a sucker for bad games. <laughs> I play lots of bad games, and half the shit I play, rev- the reviews on Steam are like, this is the worst game I've ever played. <laughs> like, you don't even touch it. And I like it. So, but it's sometimes wise to listen, because I know Angry Joe, I mean, that's just one of the many, during the beta said, guys, don't buy this game until they fix this, because this is going to come out at launch. This, these problems are gonna exist and he warned everyone and i said okay well shit i'm not pre-ordering it because yeah that looks like a broken system until i learned that they fixed it or gotten rid of it i'm not gonna buy it and sure as shit launch came out i didn't buy it so many other people did people lining out the door for <laughs> refunds because they didn't listen yeah, so it's so ethically it's we mess you need to sometimes listen to the people that get access to games early because that's their job it's to get access to it and go all right guys hold up hopefully and hopefully they do it hope yeah well ign i mean listen, Jesus. <laughs> 10 out of 10 for every game ever that pays them so um, um yeah again overall i'm not gonna get it i don't really have any interest to play it there's so many problems that are probably gonna come back i just i really you know it's not I wouldn't be surprised if the servers are dead yeah. already. Like I'm serious. <laughs> they shut just, down the servers. <laughs> probably. Like I, I'd, I'd be surprised if you could get into a game instantly. Yeah, but again, I haven't played it. Have no interest in playing it. This is just secondhand stuff that I've read in a lot of articles, heard other people talk about. Same. Um, 
Again, no interest in playing it. Not going to try and play it. <laughs> Unless EA yeah, literally free. gives it to me for free yeah. and I don't have to give him any money, then maybe. Yeah, no, absolutely. And um, So what what about the future of Star Wars gaming? We kind of talked about this. Yeah, this way, again, like the whole point of bringing this up, again, a lot of people talked about it. I kind of, I guess people both want to bring it up just because, again, Star Wars podcast, big Star Wars news, it, and this isn't just about the films. The podcast is about everything, Any, Star, anything Wars. Star Wars. Yep. And the game is a big media form for the franchise and especially as big of a game as this was right. supposed to be i mean it just a lot it, of hype a lot of hype surrounding it <laughs> hype train it, it um, looked really good i i'm usually always optimistic i try and always have healthy optimism towards everything i don't have any optimism towards this because unless disney starts i think or finds a way to allow other publishers to make disney games or make Star Wars games. I don't think it's going to change because EA has their formula. If you look at every game they release in the past, you know, five years, they all kind of have this formula to them, and they're getting that way more and more. So unless some other publisher starts making Star Wars games, I think we're kind of going to be stuck with this. Even if EA listens to what the fans have said and makes changes, I think there's still going to be a lot of these aspects in it, and it's going to get to the point where, hey, you don't have any other Star Wars games to play that are new, so... You're going to have to stick yeah, with us. If you want to play a Star Wars game, unless, you know, I want to play Knights of the Old Republic for the 19th time, <laughs> I got to play the new game coming out. And it's, you're right, it's, from what I've heard in the chat, maybe the deal is for five more years of EA. I, I pray it's five yeah, more but, years. You know, again, it's going to be something we'll have to see. I'm okay investing my Star Wars time into the movies instead. Yeah. The movies, you know, they have, they have been treating us future. decently. Yeah. Games, but I mean, again, Force it's, Awakens. It's enjoyable to watch. I don't like the. I don't like a lot of things about it, but I can still watch it and enjoy it and say, "Hey, you know that was a good. That was a de- that was a pretty decent film. The visuals were amazing and the acting was pretty good. I can enjoy it. Battlefront Two. It's like, well, yeah, the gameplay is good, but I mean, I've I've been playing the exact same character and the exact same class mm-hmm. with the exact same weapon for the last eighteen hours. I'm kind of bored. I'm I'm done. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, that's why kind of we want to talk about it. Never going to talk about it again. Because <laughs> the, the, I think the future of Star Wars games, if it's in EA's hands, and I said this from day one, is is doomed. Yeah, so I don't. I don't why see do you it think there's no, no games coming out? Because EA yeah. is not going to work with people that Anyone don't want to listen to them. Yeah, if EA can't completely control a publisher or a developer like you know Dice, they probably literally completely control Dice. Nothing's going to change. They completely right. control Bioware. Look what happened with Mass Effect Andromeda. I'm not a fan of the series, but I know Ryan is, and like other people are. Oh man, boy, is it not? That was know. even believe it or not, that was even worse than Battlefront Two. Yeah, yeah, it, it was, was. It was bad. whole mess. Whole another for another podcast. But yeah, that's kind of just our opinion on it. Take it for what it's worth. Yeah, which isn't I mean, much. From now, for now on, we're mostly. I mean, unless some big news comes out, we're mostly going to be focusing on the films until. <laughs> EA decides yeah, not, to, films, fuck, not um, to fuck us. You know, and then future podcasts, I think, will also go back to, you know, just re- just different Star Wars topics. You know, talk about Rogue One podcast, maybe some older Star Wars games that we've played and our experiences with them. Just kind of a different theme for each episode. And if maybe one of us is sick, maybe we'll get a solo podcast. Just yeah, 30 sol- minutes hashtag of... solo cast. Hashtag so What? <laughs> That's dumb. Um, so, yeah, and that was it. Uh... I don't have anything left. We've gone through our list three hours and 15 minutes later. Listen, like man, we said, it was going to be a longer podcast. Be a longer I thought it was going to be about two and a half, but <laughs> um, we pushed yeah, it from further. Now, from now on, Ryan, I will 
we're not gonna have these podcasts be this long it's gonna this gen just introductory podcast yeah Yeah, we're gonna make them a little shorter just especially on the weeks where nothing is happening there's there's, we're probably gonna have to have shorter so uh thank you all for listening and if you're on twitch and listen to us thank you very much because we all appreciate it absolutely again i'm a millennial falcon oh my god (laughs) i can't believe we're bringing these names back uh, or you can call me Caleb if you want. Please be sure to leave a, just a follow. That way you can be notified. We are mostly bi-weekly for now. We might do some other stuff, but as for right now, we're mostly yeah. just... Taking bi-weekly uh, every Sunday around 5 or 6 o'clock. We'll kind of formulate a better schedule as we go on. Um, we pretty much winged it. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so if you want to follow us on Twitch, it's at scrolling underscore credits. And on Twitter, you can follow the podcast at Scrolling Credit. And same thing on Facebook. If you want to follow our page, it's at Scrolling Credit as well. Mostly Twitter, though. Yeah, mostly um, Twitter and Twitch. Yeah, uh, follow absolutely. us on Twitch. Twitch, please. Give us money. Please, please, please give us money. <laughs> uh, yeah, so thank you. And Shall we scroll credits? Yeah, scroll the credits. Scroll the credits. What a piece of junk! How many people are interested in Star Wars these days? Nobody. It's That's dead true. franchise. It's a dying race. <laughs> there's no more. There's no more movies coming out. There's nothing to talk there's about. There's no media. New media. We're picking the worst time to make this. But hey, we're starting a trend. Maybe we're starting the trend that will bring Star Wars back. It'll ignite the fire that brings Star Wars back. I'm Vape Lord. <laughs> That's my name. No, oh, please do. Darth Vape. Darth Vape Lord. Lord Darth Vapor. Lord Vapor. I love it. Okay, we'll do that. Change it. Right, Change yeah. No, don't, yeah. Change it. Oh, wait, are you logged? I'm no, not. Well, we're not. Um, moderate me. I'm not streaming. Make me a moderator. Yeah, okay, I'll do that. And then, uh, I didn't know why we didn't think of that earlier. Darth, or Darth Vapor or Lord Vapor? I think you type in chat. Type in chat. I think Lord Vapor. Because everyone calls him Lord. Like Krennic, Lord Vader. Alright, I kind of like... But you're but see, here's you why. have Twitch Prime? Because I have Amazon Prime. Oh yeah, so do I. So uh, like, it might be now. Mod user. Right, um, I only say... And you're also Obviously, out. you do whatever you want. You're in time. What? <laughs> yeah, make me a moderator and put me in timeout. <laughs> um, Can I? <laughs> I mean, technically... All I was saying is that is no, oh wait, no. again you Unbanned. do you do you okay you're good you do you right Lord Vapor maybe sounds like not Star Wars related Darth Vapor definitely is because right. like you know like Tube Lord it's like that's not Star Wars related but right. Darth Lo- Darth Tube Lord uh, you're, all right that's that's what I'm saying that's all I'm saying you do whatever you're, you want you're, I you're think right you're you right you Darth, delete my messages too Darth Vapor <laughs> yeah I think it's better than Mando Calrissian listen it's f- they're both good but. I was just like the regular Vader. (laughs) Darth Vapor, alright. Or should it be like Vapor? Like V-A-P-O-R? Like it's just like the Vapor? like Vapor? Yeah. I like that, yeah, do that. Alright, save that. Save those changes. Yeah, you came up with one better than mine. (laughs) I don't know. Millennial Falcon is pretty good. It is pretty good. You're a ship, though, and I'm a person, though. You can ride me. Alright, let's get this thing started. Alright, you want to start? 
Are you ready? Yeah. Do you think we're ready? Is I'm there ready. enough blooper material here for you? You fucking... You, yeah, I think so. You prick. I'll let you know in post. <laughs> Alright. You're gonna suddenly just text me one day and be like, we didn't have enough blooper material. Ryan, now record some bloopers for me. <laughs> <laughs>